Recorded live. Greetings, Zogling, Warrior, Mamza, Astronauts, the Cross Bridge, and Zog, right here in the open air Coast Coast Penthouse. We call Zog Mad One Third and Final, but this show is always the same. It's the lost and found sheep of the House of Israel, ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye who did hear Christ call. Greetings. This is what, episode number 289.5, more or less. Uh, of 700 shows, you know, more or less. Well, tonight, the uh, 6th of August. Yep, 6th of August, and it is what? Oh, about 20 minutes till 10, 11 o'clock, if you're on uh, Eastern Time. And let me see. I was going to talk quite a bit about the big stuff going on in the movement. Essentially, uh, a couple of days ago, Rabbi Lender, Lender went and put up a Trader Glenn Miller's request because, you know, his uh, little trial is going to start in about, what, oh, 11 more days? More like 10 and a half more days? And yesterday, yesterday, Trader Glenn Miller was, well, he was making an ass cloud of himself here. Make an ass clown of himself, and he, uh, you know, last year around October or so, he calls up old uh, the real chomo, uh, Kevin Alfred Sperm, and Kevin Alfred Sperm don't really want to do it, but hey, he's part of the Axis of Zog Moderate. You know, Rabbi Lender, Trader Glenn Miller, Wiggersworth, Wheelos, the uh, the National Alliance Tars that are left, and you know, he goes ahead and he explains that he murdered these people. Now, folks, I have, I have, I, I call some friends who are at the nut house, but if they are in jail or in prison, they will tell you, right offhand, is that this call may be recorded. Well, the answer is, is that sure as fuck, it is recorded. It's all recorded. Every single conversation is recorded. And the case of your Edgar Steele, the Wigger Whimperer, why, of course it's recorded. You know, even if it's with your pretend lawyer of choice or something like that. Okay? So, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the cards here. Uh, the most, the most, uh, the most, uh, you know, one that takes the most time is the water one here. I'm looking sort of. You know, I'm, I'm having Toshiba number three is Dick Relton, and I'm having Toshiba, no, I'm having Dell number one or two. You know, I, I bought the Jew Dell here, and Jew Dell makes a fairly good computer again here. But in any case, you know, I have uh, Dell number one or two as, uh, I guess Dell number one, as uh, as Dick Relton, and I have Toshiba number three, a single sheet. Well, I'm, you know, but anyway, when they call, you know, they, they will they will tell you if it's call out from prison because they do not allow calls into into a maximum security nut house or into a prison or into a jail. And Trader Glenn Miller is in a high security area, so he's allowed at expense. Now, it's not as high as it used to be. It used to be fifteen dollars for fifteen minutes. Uh, there was what three dollars for fifteen minutes. So here's Trader Glenn Miller. You know, going to be up thirty cents more for the next three minutes. Uh, you know, so anyway, it was recorded, and 
Well, essentially, it was recorded along with another call that Trader Glenn Miller made to one of his buddies in the Army about how Trader Glenn Miller had cold cocked a nigger. So, in any case, I'm looking at, you know, I am looking at the chat room, cards. Okay, no, 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 no. Uh, okay, well, it was 11. Who was the culprit? Anyway, I'll listen to the chat room. I'll let you just, I'll let you just tards just run wild. What the hell? I think I will let you tards run wild till uh, I'm ready to start to the uh, next segment. In case, Tards, what uh, what I was you know I was looking at last night is that hey, uh, they did record Trader Glenn Miller's conversations, and here's Trader Glenn Miller. He asked for the he asked for the uh, in the discovery process, and they give him they give him DVDs. Now, from what I gather, he's allowed to be his own lawyer. So hey, you know, but they don't really worry about it. You see, why should why should they worry about it? They know full well, they know full well that Trader Glenn Miller is guilty as hell. Now, if it's somebody like Edgar Steele who they're framing or something like that, they you know, they uh you know, they play their little games here about what they're gonna go ahead and allow a trial. But hey, you know, they gave they gave Trader Glenn Miller the discovery because they recorded they recorded every single one of those conversations. Essentially, that is to, you know, Kevin Alfred Strom, the chomo, you know, uh, up in what West Virginia or something like that, Tennessee. So he goes and uh, you know he doesn't really want to do it, but hey, he owes money, he owes a lot, he owes owes everything to Wiggers Will. Wiggers Will is Oswald's son as well. So they call and you know Kevin Alfred Strom receives a call. Now I don't see why Wiggers Will just didn't receive. The call, but I guess he decided. Well, hey, I might as well have, you know, might as well have the, you know, the self-admitted pervert. Go ahead and take it. So, in case, uh, you know, he doesn't really want to answer. You know that, you know, you know Kevin Apple Strong's a total pussy here. Yeah, well, okay, if you don't take too long, I mean, shit. You know, you have a weenie like Kevin Alfred Strong in your corner. Why that weenie ain't going to be good for nothing unless you're, you know, ten-year-old Eskimo pussy. You know what I mean? It's not going to be worth a shit. So anyway, here's Trader Glenn Miller going on and on and on. Well, that young man was sort of dark. No, he didn't look dark. He was lighter than Trader Glenn Miller, the drunken lumbe Melungeon Indian. So anyway, Trader Glenn Miller gives the DVD to Alex Linder and tells him to go ahead and play it. Now, guess what? Corey Cobb, a decade ago, was trying to claim that he had been responsible for killing uh, Judge Lefkow's uh, Jew husband and Jew husband's mother. And this Kiss Bill said, hey, look, uh, you know, Corn Cobb, you want to take the responsibility for it. Well, Trader Glenn Miller, you know, hey, he has, he has James Von Brunn envy. So he goes and he admits it. And then the Southern Poverty Law Center, well, hey, they probably already have a copy of it. But they can't show it, so now Linder's showing it to everybody on BNS. So hey, guess what? They played as well. There is no doubt that Trader Glenn Miller gunned down three non-Jews, three non-Jews in the old Kikes home, 
and he you know he goes ahead just like when he was sort of admitting that oh he got caught handing out clan literature and therefore he had to get his full twenty in so he's sort of halfway admitting he's a snitch. Same thing. As arranged. He gunned down as many people, you know, they, that were non white, they could you know, that were non Jew, they could find in the old kike's home. Are you a Jew? And she's blonde. Well hey, she isn't a Jew. She's hanging around at you, Park Why doesn't he gun her down like he did that young, you know, fourteen year old wigger and his and his uh, old grandpa? What he did is he gunned down with a shotgun. Grandpa. Then he ran while the kid is in shock, maybe screaming, you know, pain and anguish, and goes ahead and he, he goes ahead and puts seven, eight bullets into this fourteen year old kid's body. And then, oh, you too. Now she looks sort of blonde. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, I mean, hey, if I go ahead and shoot the pussy here, I'll never, you know, the young breathing pussy, I'm never going to be forgiven. But I will be forgiven for killing a 14 year old kid. Yeah, right, Trader Glenmill. So anyway, he gets in there. He's done enough gunning down. So he goes to another one. He goes down a Wapas. And then what he does is he lays down his gun and. He 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 has a bottle of wild turkey there. Uh, he don't drink hardly. But he went ahead and took quite a few shots. I mean, he needed he needed after he gunned down these people. But hey, maybe maybe this cop doesn't have the news. Is that hey, when Trader Glenn Miller, you know, lays down his guns, why don't gut him down? That'd be the easiest thing to do. No, no, we're gonna have a trial. He's gonna perform one last favor for Zog. So anyway, here's Rabbi Lender. He puts it in. Well, Heidi Byrich don't want to talk to him, even though she wants, you know, she's, I think she, I don't even think she's a Jewish. I think she's a big, fat, uh, you know, German Gorda will get to. She wants to go ahead and she wants to be Jewish, my input. She wants some of, she wants some uh, Jew boy Lender's man juice here, you know. We, you know, we, we, you know, I mean, heck, there's, you know, unless Crohn's is like you, Pecker, go ahead, you know, go ahead, tap old, you know, tap old, uh, whatever. It's probably the first pussy you ever got in your life anyway, Linda. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the, you know, that was, that was the big news. That was the big news for the next night here. Now, folks, uh, I had, you know, I had, uh, around the end of May, it went analog, and tonight I feverishly, feverishly hooked up, hooked up the, uh, oh, I hooked up the, uh, oh, the, uh, you know, I got got me a little digital box here. I bought a $40 box. That wouldn't work worth a shit. So I hooked it up, you know, to the DVR, and uh, managed, I managed to record the, uh, you know, the debate, the main debate. You know, not the little not the little tard, you know, mini tard debate of seven tards uh beforehand. But anyway, I uh you know, I, I, I did go ahead and look and you had old Trump here and essentially the Republican Party went and asked if there's any of you here who will pledge, will you all pledge all you go pledge here that if you don't get the nomination, you're not going to run as independent or against a Republican. And guess what? They all kept their little hands down, except, you know, here's Donald Trump here. He looks around, and he decides to raise his hand. 
And then old Rand Paul, you know, who loves Jews, loves niggers now, loves everybody except his uh, Tea Party or Libertune base. But Libertunes love Jews and niggers. I mean, most Libertunes are Whiggers who want to be, who want to be Jews and who want to go ass to mouth with niggers. So in any case, uh, old uh, old Rand Paul went ahead and accused Trump and Trump of buying politicians. Of course, he buys politicians. I mean, shoot, way back when I was in the army, you know, I bought me whores, and hey, you know, old Trump, he he'll go ahead and he'll buy a politician too if it's cheap. And why shouldn't he? You know, he's a crony capitalist himself here. But what what got me is that here are all these tards. Essentially, they're offering nothing for nothing. They have no intention. They're professional Republican politicians. They're not going to go against the pit that, you know, suckles them. You know, not unless it becomes totally obvious that as a Republican, you're not going to win anything. So, hey, you know, here is Trump, though. He doesn't have to make any such deal. And they're bitching and pissing and moaning that, guess what, he buys politicians. Of course, everybody buys politicians. Jews buy politicians, the biggest ones. They're the biggest deal. I mean, George Soros and Sheldon Adelson and all these Jews are, are bigger buyers of politicians than Trump the Chump. I mean, I respect Trump the Chump for essentially he didn't get where he was by offering something for nothing. You know, there's no slop in this trough. I mean, the Republican Party chairman doesn't really want him running. Fuck them. He, 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 I was hoping he would turn into saying, hey, guess what? You're, you're as good a dealer as uh, as President Obongo is with the Iranians here. Well, guess what? You want me to give something for nothing. I mean, this question wouldn't be asked unless they were worried about me. This was a question against me. The rest of you are just Republican Party, you know, Republican Party hacks. But essentially, you know, of course you'll go ahead and agree whatever the Republican Party tells you. I'll go ahead and look here. I mean, old Trump is not an idiot. And, folks, I looked at an old YouTube video when he was on the Nigger Oprah's. And he said much the same things he says now here. I mean, essentially, he, I mean, look, he's not, he's not the savior of the white race by no means. Never will be. But he's not a total idiot. Not a total freaking idiot. All you have is that, uh, I don't know, uh, I, I see a tussle between oh, that fat pig, Chris Christie, and Rand Paul. And Chris Christie's full of shit. Trump will be correct and say, hey, guess what? I'm not a professional Republican politician. I have absolutely no intention, none whatsoever, of, well, hey, spying on, what, 40-some million Americans like your brother did? And letting Hillary Clinton get away with uh, essentially having her own email service to where, well, the Chinese can read it. But everybody except the American population can read it. Folks, I'm, you know, I intend to bring back rule of law. 
And if Trump says that, I think he is going to be a headache for the rest of the Republicans. But folks, I mean, I just look at that. You had what? You have a whole bunch of tarts. Now, oh, by the way, by the way, old Megyn Kelly, Megyn Kelly, you know, the little, uh, you know, she's a, she's a little brown-eyed blonde here. You know, maybe she's a, you know, maybe she has a little bit of mamsers in her. Or maybe she's just a little, maybe she's just black hybrid negress. You know, I mean, she's sort of cute, but, you know, hey, my sister came by and seen me. And what happened is that she's gotten, she's kind of a little bit vain here. And so she's, she's there, she's up there with, you know, her stepdaughter. And she's going to go up to Kansas City and she's going to stop by my church and uh, put in some, uh, put in some, uh, oh, I bought me a whole bunch of these LED bulbs here. She's going to go ahead and put them in. And, uh, you know, I mean, take down the fluorescence here, you know, the the 100 watt fluorescence. You're going to go ahead and put in these long life LED bulbs I bought for 250 that have a guaranteed life of five years continuous. So that's why I asked her to do here. She's going to go up to my church, see what, you know, see what's going on here. I'll probably go up there in September here. Uh, once the heat is gone. But anyway, we're going through, we're going through that. My sister came by, and my little black poopy dog ran past her, and she hung around, and she collected my little black poopy dog, because he, he doesn't like obeying me. Now, when people talk like Dewey Tucker does a free will, I go ahead and look at my little black bastard, Bell's a pup, Buddy the poopy dog, little Cujo, sometimes called, and that little bastard has free will. He's going out to run that for free swell in many cases, but hey, he has free will. He does not obey his master. My sister, she, you know, he really likes my sister. I guess, you know, you can tell. I mean, my sister, really, she's, you know, she's not a fat girl. She, uh, she, uh, essentially, she got, you know, healthy legs. But she's five foot ten and a half. She is tall. She is very tall for a girl, for a woman. And she uh, she was explaining about what happens in probate in Newton County. And so she, she was telling me that, hey, they're not going to allow her to be administrator because they're going to insist on a bond, and they're not going to allow a bond because I have a reputation for suing pieces of shit. Now I can sue Susan, but then again, I'm suing my brother. So, hey. Maybe they're worried about that. So essentially, it's going to go to the public administrator. It's going to drag on for a couple of years, and she was worried about it. And I said, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That farm ain't going nowhere. Ain't going to pick up. You know, ain't going to pick up. It's not going to be turned into cash money and sold. It's going to stay there. And my brother got back from South Dakota last night. So anyway... I'm, I'm going ahead, and uh, I said, well, hey, I'd like to show a picture of you because, hey, you got, uh, you know, just like all of us Winstead, you got blue-gray eyes. And, by the way, your name ain't Elizabeth. No, you don't have no Nicholas, right? But she didn't want to be on the, on the tube. But anyway, I still got her on the tube when she went ahead and bought in the puppy dog here. But anyway, she was, uh, she was bitching because she goes out in the sun, and it fades her hair, and she thinks she got a lot of gray in it. So she, uh, 
she uh, had it colored. She had a colored darker auburn. Now she used to have really rich reddish brown hair. But I said, well, that was what 14, 15 years ago. You used to be fatter too. Well, because of drinking beer. So she's, you know, she's no longer drinking. You know, she's no longer drinking a lot of beer. And so her hair was, oh, light brown, and she had to go ahead and color it here. So women are sort of vain about that sort of thing, I guess, here. You know, so I was glad she showed up. I'm very glad she showed up. I got my, uh, well, I got my DVR working here. Uh, Let's see. Nigger Lips Brian Rio is looking for a Jew faggot to somehow resuscitate his, you know, his bogus case. The U.S. judge on, you know, Aaron Nation versus Piggock hasn't done a single thing since he said hell no. He's going to probably let the thing linger. You know, linger, you know, longer than, my, you know, than uh, Piggock wanted to let me and my uh, sister, you know, have mom linger, you know, for about another dozen or 15 years down here. So anyway, I'm, I'm looking, and folks, this is just a bowel movement. Murderous, murderous, lumpy melungeon. You know, murderous Lumbee Melungeons. Go ahead, and they have James Von Bruin Envy, and they do their last trick, you know, work for Zog, and they gun down some wiggers in a, you know, in the old Kikes home parking lot. Don't go in and kill some real Kikes here at the old Kikes, you know, old Kikes you know, home parking, you know, in the old Kikes home, actually. I mean, if you want to shoot at you, you could have just gone up to Linder and, you know, go ahead and held up as bait, some Zog bucks and maybe some fresh colostomy bags, you know, and then gun to gun down a uh, a, a sick mangy chew boy over bait. You don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, forgive it, Trader Glenn Miller. You'll gun down the, you know, the mangy chew boy, Linder. So, and then I look at the first debate of the Republican, of the Republican, Republican candidates, all 17 of them. I didn't see the first one here. And I did record the two hours for the second one, which is fine, which is fine. I'll go back, but it looks like on MSNBC, why, hey, they don't even bother to uh, put in any, uh, you know, put in any, uh, oh, don't even put in a, uh, what, a CPRM block or anything like that. I guess they're so desperate on the Obongo channel to have anybody watch them, they don't even mind them recording it. So I don't know if they they uh, were listening to – they're still playing Trump the Chump here, right there here. Uh, Trump insults Rosie O'Donnell. Well, hey, he, he, he insulted a big, fat, big, fat, hibernigrous lesbos kick. I mean, shoot. I mean, there goes the big, fat, hibernigrous lesbos kick vote. I mean, but it's already voting. It's already voting Hillary anyway. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look. Look, folks, if you're a white man, white heterosexual man, you know, I, I don't have a great deal of love for Donald Trump. But on the other hand, well, hey, he at least has, you know, he at least knows his own mind. You go ahead and look at Cuckabee, and you go ahead and look at all the other tards. You know, two of them beaners here. These beaners are going to save the white race, aren't they, here? 
Marco Rubio, who, like Obongo, is not even born from American citizens, and therefore, according to the Constitution, has no right to run for president of the United States. It's Chris Wallace, I think, is a Jew. Looks like a Jew. Sort of like Mike Wallace. He may be related to him. I think he's a Jew. You know, Megan Kelly looked like sort of hot, you know, cork eyed hybrid or so. But anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and look at the I'm gonna go ahead and look at the chat here. And we will take about a three or four minute break. So you have a nigger, you have another nigger who was a Republican nigger uh after the uh what, two thousand thirteen when they needed to be more inclusive. <laughs> Yeah, you have hybrid niggers like Chris Matthews. Good Lord, hybrid niggers, hybrid niggers, Jewesses, you know, Jews. Look at those kikes. Uh, let's see here, uh, Melanginous Mamsrises. No oh, hell. No. I mean, heck, you just see beasts of the field and serpent seed running wild here. So anyway, we will. <laughs> of course, that's where like CI dentistry. You have nigger nose cocks. <laughs> and sword mapsers. And he liars. And all sorts of queers. And pincer possums here. So anyway, uh we will we will take a break. And I don't know, I think it'd be I think it'd be hilarious. Oh by the way, Eunuch, uh a couple you know you know, I think about three or four Tom Bowie shows, I went ahead and told them the old bitch boobros. Mitch Bubros, of course, he was up in Alaska. So that year meant timber or salmon. So which was it? He said salmon. So I said, shit, that's even more like confirmation that he's a, you know, he's a, you know, that he's a, uh, you know, that he's a Northwest red digger. <laughs> you know, Hell Cupkin, he, he did this one thing about, you know, said Cherokees are about one of the scummier sucker. You know, even that are Tuscaroras. They claim they're Tuscaroras, even though the white man, didn't like the Tuscaroras. He, he pretty well, you know, he massacred them to whether fewer of them than Mohicans left here. <laughs> Mohicans were northern Indians here. You know, there were less of them left than here Mohicans or Iir Indians. You know what I mean? And he said that some of them, like on the coast of Texas, were shit eaters and cannibals. You know what I mean? I don't know about the Cherokee being cannibals, but supposedly you'll have these, uh, you know, critters like Dad Jobs claim they're Wheelos. You know, Cherokee is less sounds like Wheelos, we sound like pure Hebrew, you know, and, you know, that's why old Dan John's sort of brown. You know, of course, he's sort of like an Ashkenazi Wheelhouse here, you know, because he uh, provides crows here. So anyway, uh, <laughs> what would be hilarious is if you just got a, you just got sort of like all these charts on debate here, and you had all the, you had all the, <laughs> you know, uh, me, the duck, me, the duck, duck, duck could be, duck could be, uh, you know, duck could be right in the middle here, duck and, uh, you know, you know, Rabbi Linder here, and Trader Glenn Miller, and, uh, you know, me, and Fink, and old nigger lips, and, uh, you know, you had, <laughs> you had all these characters, you had all these characters here in your first CI, CI, Wigger Nationalist debate. For, I guess, Supreme Warlord. 
So anyway, we are going to take about three or four minute break here, and we will be back. Hail victory.
Hold on, Tug. Hold on, Tug. Stars, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Fuck cards. Fuck cards, hang on. That's why I'm saying hold on. Fuck cards. Fuck cards, hang on. Yeah. Hold on, fuck cards. Fuck, fuck cards, hold on. I like, I like. Uh, I like both cheaper. Cheaper than the... Uh, cheaper than the... Uh, what the hell? Why in the world? Oh, no, fuck you. Not be able to go on Okay, Tards, we are back here, <laughs> and I'm on Skype. Okay, what am I doing here? Uh, I like Totinas. I like Jacks better here. It's, you know, Jacks is 1960. Uh, you can get them Jacks pizzas for about, oh, on sale usually about 250. Sometimes you get them for two bucks. We're better than Totinas. Uh, Totinos, though. Anyway, folks. <laughs> well, but what well, you know? Uh, I'm not quite sure which goddamn idiot is on again this week here, Cap Seventeen. <laughs> but unlike, you know, unlike most of the CI dentists here who have to be Melungeons and Mansers and ass clowns and the rest of them here, well, I believe in freedom of speech. I allow freedom of speech. So if you want to, you should do a cooking show. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, heck, uh, you know, tonight we had, uh, well, we had hamburger. Uh, hamburger was, what, $2.47 a pound? And, of course, it was the, the hamburger which had the most fat, but that's good here because then you... You know, the fat sort of, you know, sort of seasons it up here. You know what I mean? So we had hamburger, and we uh, might have, you know, hamburger helper here. That's on sale, too. So anyway, we're back, and uh, let's see. I, I really, the main thing I want to talk to you about was, uh, you know, was uh, 
well, pretty well bowel movement, but I wanted to actually to also talk about, oh, what's going on in the rest of the bowel movement. Uh, the biggest news is Trader Glenn Miller. And folks, this coming week, next 10 days, it's going to be Trader Glenn Miller, Trader Glenn Miller, Trader Glenn Miller. I mean, folks, 2013 was the year of Corn Cobb, and Corn Cobb is trying real hard and real desperate to uh, get back his 15 minutes of fame, just like. Okay, live thread. Okay, Cunt Hair is, is going to have a live thread here. Cunt Hair is going to have a live thread on Occidental Dipshit. And what he's going to do is, of course, I'm going to be banned or blocked here. So, alrighty here. And Jeb is ready here. I have no idea. MSNBC? Well, heck, they already got 46 you know, characters here. So they have a picture. Make America and Mexico again. Oh, well. I mean, old Jeb is a total conservative. Uh, what I found interesting is that the other night he was yapping about rainbow, you know, confederates. And there is this sort of old fat heifer called Connie Chastain. Uh, she is, you know, she is one of these, uh, oh, you know, talk about heritage, not hate. You have to about how there were actually nigger Confederate soldiers, mythical nigger Confederate soldiers, about how they loved, about how they loved uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest. <laughs> they didn't hold, they didn't hold the Fort Pillow incident against him in any way. <laughs> and Oh, Hunter Wallace has made fun of her, you know, made fun of old Connie Chastain here. But, folks, he's gone ahead and blocked me on accidental dipshit because I said is that, hey, uh, nine dead niggers had as much more relevancy as, what, nine dead cockroaches, you know, who get in the toilet bowl and then I flush, you know, flush them down the toilet bowl. Speaking of which, uh, during the summer, the bug infestation gets bad. I got to give Poopy Dog or Beelzebub, uh usually two flea baths per week, and probably tomorrow night he'll have another one, but or Saturday morning, whenever. But uh, and by the way, it's turned hot again here in Southwest Missouri. So anyway, uh, where was I? He was jumping on this Connie Sustain here. Well, I was thinking to myself. Oh, speaking about cockroaches, I went out to the kitchen, and heck, where you had this little sort of cheesy stuff on the hamburger helper here, you know, I put the skillet down. What I'll do is I'll get rid of a bunch of cockroaches by having water, this rainwater. I, rin I rinse my, uh, sometimes I use water, rainwater three times. First is the rinse water, and then is the wash water, and then is the, uh, then is the toilet flush water. You know what I mean? I use it. You know, I use it three times in some cases here. So it rained the other day, so I got some new. Uh, I got some new rainwater to go ahead and reuse. And there must have been about a hundred cockroaches. I went ahead and dinged it up against the Series 80 Kenmore washer, and then you turn the thing on, and the soap goes ahead and it drowns them. And then later on, the cockroaches' bodies go up to the top, and you skin it off, and you go ahead and put it in the toilet bowl or something like that. Here, uh, if you wait for it to go in there. It goes in the dry cycle here. You'll have a whole bunch of little cockroach heads, little cockroach wings, which will be caught in the lint. You'll be caught in the lint, uh, you know, thing in the jig here. But anyway, you know, niggers, you know, niggers to me, you know, and by the way, my sister loved this thing here. She, uh, you know, 
she was born and raised just like I was in central South Dakota. So I tell people I'm from the South. South Dakota, that is. <laughs> well, folks, I, I have to think here is I don't think there's any really Uyghur Southerner who really wants to just simply kill fucking niggers. I mean, they they were willing to go ahead and buy them off the Jews, like Eli James's uh, Dominion, uh, whatever. Here, uh, I don't think there's any real Southerner. He don't like Jews. He sort of says he dislikes Jews, but I don't think there's any real Southerner who just simply, you know, like a South Dakota does. Now, South, you know, the old time South Dakotans just wished the Custer had had his way. And rather than put the fucking Indians on reservation, just kill every single damn last one of them and have done with it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, I, you know, so, you know, generally, you know, generally myself here, you know, I'll go ahead and say shit like, well, hey, I mean, you know, look, Hunter, Walrus, you know, they're not going to somehow magically, you know, discover that, no, they can't make it on their own. They can't make it on their own. And so they need to, oh, go back to the Griffin Plantation in South Alabama and work real hard picking cotton. And then and then at night here, you know, have a nice, you know, you know dinner of fried chicken and watermelon, you know, and candy yams and Christmas here, you know, and essentially have the, you know, have the, you know, have the pigs or have, the, you know, have the hams here, you know, I mean, instead of turkey. You know, and hey, you know, just be good little niggers and come back. But but Wallace is the walrus, or you know, as I call it, Cuthair Wallace or Brad Griffin. You know, he's like every single other fucking Southerner I've seen here. Yeah, I've never met a Southerner yet who just simply said the way to cure the fucking nigger problem is just kill all the fucking niggers. Now, if you don't want to kill the fucking niggers, here's a second solution I have. It's called racial federalism. What you do is you just simply say hell with it. All right, niggers. So what we're going to do here? We're going to we're going to go ahead and give you a good deal of southern Georgia, you know, all the way up to Atlanta. That'll be your new capital, you know, New Africa. Give you Georgia. Give you you know give you a hotline southern Alabama and Mississippi. But you can't fuck with the, you know, essentially the progress of the barges down the Mississippi. And guess what? You get to fight, you know, you get to fight with the fucking Cuban beaners, you know, and the, the rest of them here over Florida. Simply give them that main state, supposedly, what, 13, 14, 12% of the population. Give them what? You know, the better part of three states. You know, four of them if they can go ahead and whip ass on the beaners. And then what you would have is if you had to worry about it, you would still maintain, oh, some of these roads, but essentially be like that road to West Berlin here way back where I was at. If you're not going to go ahead and just kill the fucking diggers, just go ahead and put them in a place where they cannot interfere with white people. Now, there's some white people who want to live with niggers and fuck niggers and the rest here. Well, let them. Essentially, you know, just simply just partition it off here. And guess what, country or walrus? Uh, the Griffin Plantation would become well part. You know, it'd be uh, it'd be you know, it'd be the, the the great old house would be taken over by Chief Hutu Wuto or Uncle Bongo. 
or Obongo Wongo or whatever. By the way, by the way, uh, the house in Stone Mountain, Georgia, which used to be run by James Venable, the Klansman, who would always have his little Klan meetings right underneath Stone Mountain, it's now owned by the nigger mayor of this 80% nigger town called Stone Mountain. And the Atlanta niggers want to, well, sandblast away or blow up or whatever, just like just like they used to bitch about the Taliban doing these Buddhist statues way back in 19, what, 19 uh, or 1999 or, you know, whenever. When they, you know, they, you know, there were these statues and they were what? Oh, they were. They were 1,500 years old, and these Taliban, they took over, and they blew it away with T-55 tank fire here. Blew away these Muslim statues. That's what they want to do, Jeff Davis, Stonewall Jackson, and Robert E. Lee. Folks, why not let the niggers have it here? But no, I've never seen a fucking white southerner who is serious about either killing the fucking niggers or simply putting them away in their own country where they can be whatever the hell they want. No, old cunt here, Walrus. He has to play this game here of delusional thinking. Delusional thinking about, oh, we're going to go ahead somehow. The niggers are going out. You will be good little niggers here. Folks, uh, I'm going to talk about this to kill a mockingbird. Harold Cumpton was talking about this in the previous show or something like that, about how this liberal wigger, what the hell was his name? Harper Lee. Harper Lee wrote a book called Two Set of Watchmen, and she wrote it in the early 60s. Now, in the early 60s, what you had is you had the beginning of the end for desegregation in the South. So she's looking about what would happen about that time was still raw to where her daddy, her daddy was a lawyer who was the basis for Atticus Finch. And her daddy figures out that it's like every white southern has to live with these fucking niggers. Well, he doesn't want to kill them any more than, you know, Brad Griffin does. He doesn't want to go ahead and simply just say unass, you know, this is, this is essentially their country now. Let the niggers fucking have it. Let them live like they do in fucking Africa. No, he wants to upraise the niggers. But he pointed out and said, guess what? The guy who runs Monroeville or wherever the hell, you know, it, it, she lives in Monroeville, Alabama or something like that. You know, he's a crook. But he's a smart crook. He runs it for, you know, essentially the benefit for the white plantation owners. What do you think if you let the smartest of the niggers run it? What do you think it'd look like that here? And it turns out that, you know, good old Atticus Finch is a segregationist. He was a Klansman sword, uh, but he didn't really like doing it here. Just like any, you know, just like every, you know, this, this, this white citizens council, they didn't want to be members of the Klan. They just simply wanted to go ahead. They're the Chamber of Commerce types. So they want to tell the Klan what to do. But they betrayed the Klan. And that's what old Brad Griffin is like here. He is a, essentially, he's a character who will betray you. You know, he has been born with a little silver foot in his mouth here. And as a result, he's always been so smart. Smart, you know, folks, he ain't really smart at all. 
and he doesn't have, I mean, you know, shoot, here I am, here I am, let's have to go to Sweden, and, you know, I mean, you know, I never knew when I was young that he South Dakota Swede. He didn't have in the back of his mind, oh, fuck, I guess it's a done deal. Oh, but, but it just would have been easier to have General Custer just kill the fucking Indians and have done with it. Screw this reservation shit. But in South Dakota, you do have reservations. And the Indians don't like getting off their reservation, and the white people do not like getting on to Indian reservations here. You know, we have the only, you know, we had South Coast Swedes, you know, South Coast Swedes and Indians had about the only segregation system which worked. Where, well, you know, shit, we should have killed you all, but we can't, so. But then again, I mean, if, if there's a new deal here, well, maybe we can. <laughs> If I'd been allowed up to corn cobs little thing here, you had the stupid Indian come in and say, hey, look, Indian, we had a little deal. You'd have a reservation. You do whatever the hell you want to on your reservation. The white man don't tell you what to do. But such the counter of that is you don't tell the white man what to do on his property. Now, if you want to renegotiate the Indian Wars, we can do that. We can do that. see in the back of every white South Dakota's mind has been the belief is that, hey, we can always renegotiate the treaty here if the Indians break into slaughter the fucking Indians. But hey, Southerners, white Southerners, Wigger Southerners, rainbow Confederate Southerners, they can't even think of killing niggers because they look upon, oh, shoot, somebody's got to pick that fucking cotton. So anyway, here's this bitch, Harper Lee. She goes up like every single other wannabe southern writer, goes up to New York and promptly starts pissing, pissing down the neck of daddy and grandpa and great-grandpa, who were the original unreconstructed Confederates. For daddy, well, he was sort of in the clan, but he didn't really approve of it here. So he's not somebody like the real Mississippi redneck who simply said, hey, fucking niggers get out of line. We're just going to go ahead and hang their ass here. But, you know, hey, we're going to let them live since we don't really want to kill them out hand because niggers used to be valuable. They used to be our people. We sort of owe something to niggers. Well, no, you know, we, we go ahead. This is how the clan ran it here. I mean, the clan would go ahead and find Uncle Tom and Uncle Rastus and tell Uncle Tom and Rastus, you keep control of your nigger bucks. They're not allowed to rape white women. They're not allowed to even speak to white women. They're not even allowed to look at white women. Because we know what they want to do, them niggers do. You need to keep your bucks in order. If you don't, why, guess what? This will be gone with the wind over at Darktown. I don't know if any of you actually read Gone with the Wind with Margaret Mitchell. That's what old Rhett and Frank Kennedy and Ashley Wilkes, you know, they did. And Frank Kennedy got killed and Ashley Wilkes got wounded and Especially Red Butler, you know, he, he killed diggers here that came in trouble. They killed digger babbies and nigglets. Well, Uncle Rasmus, you need your know, Uncle Rasmus, you need to go ahead and tell the rest of the bucks to behave themselves there. 
because, yeah, we have a sort of unwritten deal here is that, well, well, we won't kill our former property as long as it ain't uppity. What happened with Emmett Till? He was a Chicago nigger. He thought he could go ahead and look and wolf whistle and ask white women for a date. He made a mistake here, and guess what? Here are these two redneck classmen. Who fought Nazis? No, don't get don't, don't get don't get me wrong. One of them was a was a uh, senior sergeant, and the other, you know, they both had you know probably killed German Nazis. That was back when the Klan and the Nazis didn't get along that well. You know, just a couple of years after World War II, this is what 1951, 1954, something like that. Anyway, here is you know here's this woman, and she doesn't write a sequel. She didn't really write a prequel. She goes ahead and she states, you know, this is not something with a whole awful lot of plot. It's essentially people talking about in the South, what are we going to do with these fucking niggers? They've gone ahead and passed Brown versus Board of Education. They're going to go ahead and force on damn Yankee bayonets the integration, like they did in Little Rock, Arkansas, under Ike the Kike. They're going to go ahead and force integration. What are we going to do? And there's some people, oh, fuck. Why are, we, why are we digging with this thing? Let's go ahead and let's have, let's just have, 100 years later, let's just have a repeat of this. Uh, gone with the wind. South has really provided most of the military muscle. We're used to it. In case... You have Harper Lee. She writes a book, really, which is far more braver a book. And guess what? A little Jew New York writer said, oh, no, we need an authentic Southerner to go ahead and write this. Why don't you go ahead and cut it and have your daddy essentially be a great nigger lover? And he's going to defend, he's going to defend this nigger who is, who is suspected of raping some white trash skank. And so she wanted to be published, and so she went ahead and said in the 1930s when there wasn't this conflict, and the end result was to kill a Mockingbird. Mockingbird, and you had, oh, Gregory Peckerhead, the Atticus Finch, and oh, he was just so nice to, you know, just nice like any liberal is to niggers. And now they're reading they're reading to, you know, go set a watchman. This was the first novel. The woman, the poor woman is already, she is what? She's blind. She's deaf. Essentially, you know, it was essentially Random House wanted just to get the money here, and now you have all these women, oh, no. Oh, no, it wasn't as good a book as to kill a mockingbird. Actually, I think it was a better one, far more honest, about a time in the South when there was the beginning of the racial conflicts that we have now. Now, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay ten, fifteen dollars to go read, to go read, 
you know, this shit here. I have enough. You can go ahead and look at all these liberal figures whining and bleeding out the mangina over the awful stuff that old Atticus did. Atticus was a segregationist. He was only he was only just a little bit more repentant than J.B. Stoner. <laughs> but, 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 but folks, do grant here is that you know Southern white males. They may not have wanted to kill niggers because niggers is, you know, they just can't, you know, them niggers, you know, they can't help themselves. They're niggers and, hell, their property and my, my great, 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 great grandpa, he used to own them and he paid $1,500 for them here and he didn't cut their nuts here. Oh, no. You know, you know, I mean, niggers used to be so valuable. Now, now they ain't even worth a nickel. <laughs> But I will grant you that you know, Southerners did have a reputation for getting work out of niggers. I mean, the, at least the old-fashioned the old ones here. I mean, I don't think a South Coast Swede could really get very much work out of a nigger here. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, nigger, you gonna work, or I'm just gonna have to shoot your nigger ass here. Oh, you gonna work? Bang! Well, yeah, no. That sort of attitude does not get too much work out of niggers. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's sort of like every goat tried to go ahead and get work out of Jews here. I mean, every so often, well, he was pretty good at getting work out of them. You know, he'd, he'd shoot the slackers here. <laughs> Where they got pissed off was when he shot them before they went to work, you know, at the munitions factory or wherever they went here. But you know, I'll grant the southern, you know, southerners when they apply the southern males comply to themselves. They are better at getting work out of niggers than South Dakota Swedes. But you know, anyway, my sister loved that here because here she is with her husband in Alabama, and they say you're a Yankee, and she, she, you know, I, you know, she said I like it. I'm going to use that here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a southerner. You are? Yeah, I'm from South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> yeah, in any case, uh, uh, you know. But 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 you know, let's go ahead and you know, let's go ahead and talk about you know, all these southern nationalists here. When it comes down to it, you know, like old cunt hair walrus. He always used to love the little supporting Jews here. The supporting Jews were just wonderful little Jews. They weren't like the Northern Yankee Ashkenazi Jews. Well, guess what? Guess what? He now has a northern Yankee Ashkenazi Jew. And he may have an open thread, but I don't think I'm going to last very long on it, so I'm not even going to bother posting, at least not now. You have old Jim Giles here. That's sort of like Jim, but Jim is a tard. Jim is a tard, and, uh, you know, hey, let me let me go ahead and tape that here. Presidential Southern debate here. Now, let me go ahead and put this thing up here. See what I'm looking at here. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, they they said the Truman Capote mate. You know, Truman Capote was from the same town, and she used to like that little leprechaun troll faggot. You know what I mean? Just, just like that little leprechaun troll faggot. Well, some northerner, you know, told him, that, guess what? You are a whore. You're a little whore, and you're not going to amount to anything after any cold blood. And he didn't. 
think it was the editor of this major, you know, named Burroughs, William Burroughs or something like that. He was right. So, in any case, uh, you know, folks, I think Ghost Set of Watchmen was a lot better book than to kill a mocking kike. Essentially, that book, the, you know, the book that she wrote, essentially she wrote it. She's, what, 89 years old. Her sister, who had read the book, and said, oh, no, 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 no. We need to keep you a one-hit wonder. We got plenty of money. We got plenty of money for the nursing home. You're blind and you're deaf. Leave it be, and then guess what? Here, she goes ahead and gets a new partner here from New York down to her daddy's law firm, which you know her her older sister was a lawyerist too, a southern lawyerist who agreed with daddy. Is that well? No, the niggers are not somebody you're mean to. This is noblesse oblige. You know, you got to be kind to your niggers because they may be part of our people. Well, there is some niggers called Finch. There's some Finch niggers running around all over the county, and they may have been sort of like Master Tom. You know, they're sort of led to us. We need to have nobody less oblige. And while Sister was alive here, you know, that book stayed in the freaking safe deposit box vault for, what, 60 years. 50 years at least. And this sister lawyerist dies here, and guess what? There's a new lawyer, lawyerist from the north, and they want some money. Oh, Harper Lee, she don't need the money. Hell, she got, oh, they, she got, oh, the cheesy noodles and, uh, you know, uh, what, toasted ham and, you know, you know, ham and cheese grilled sandwiches she can that she wants to eat. <laughs> so hey, they have the Mexican they have the Mexican uh the you old know, staff go ahead and wipe her ass every day. What the hell does she need for any more money with another book? But guess what? They wanted another book, so guess what? It's the original book. It's not the sequel. It's really the prequel. It was changed here to set a mockingbird. You know, to go kill. You know, to kill a mockingbird was what this southerner wannabe treasonous swigress who wanted to live in New York and then go back to Alabama, and that's what that book is about. The Whigress, she's going ahead. She's fucking up in you know in New York, but here she here she is here with her daddy's law partner here, and essentially she finds him to be just a southern fried fucktard here. Your pussy don't get wet for him no more, but oh well, instead of watchman. That's what it is about. So, any case, oh, by the way, this Jew, June Stewart, he signs off from the Daily Kike Show here. So, uh, there was a snarky Jew. There was a snarky Jew. Oh, good Lord, I see the hook. I see the fucking hook. You know what I mean? I bet old Rabbi Fink you know, did that side. You'd see a hook on the nigger nose. I'm seeing the. I'm seeing. I mean, heck, I sort of have a lust now. I have a lust for what you know. Uh, what lampshades? You know, lampshades. <laughs> and so here. <laughs> oh, another fucking Jew, uh, Howard Fine Mamser. You know, <laughs> another Jew. Nothing but Jews. Jews, hybrid niggers, and Mamserses. 
on MSNBC, and I got to go ahead and watch it. Post to the beaters on the Bushy Channel, a.k.a. Fox News, and CNN with the faggot nigger, you know, uh, Keith Lennon. I can't record that no more because it has digital protection on it here for my DVD player. Ain't that a bite in the ass? So anyway, I'm looking at MSNBC here. Usually I look at to go ahead to go ahead and look at Rachel Madsow to go ahead and see if I can go ahead and pimper out here. You know what I mean? Eamon Guilty, pimper out here. <laughs> oh, heck. I have fun watching the news here. So anyway, I'll, I'll go ahead and take another break, and we will be back. Hail victory. <laughs> Okay, we are back, and I'm going to uh, unmute Cornelio Condrenu. What's up, Martin? How are you Hello. Today? How do you, how you pronounce your name? Cadrano. Cadrano. He's a historical character. You never heard of him? I've heard of Ceausescu or something like that. Nah, no, no, no. Cadrano's from the, from the 30s and 40s. He was a nationalist leader. Romania. I think I heard him. So are you pretty part famous Romanian guy, actually? Then? Yeah. Are you part Romanian? Oh, uh, like one eighth, something like that. So yeah, okay. probably like one eighth Babser. You know uh, how it is. Well, Nobody's white anymore, except for you, maybe. Well, uh, what I see, you know, you, it, it's sort of, like, it's sort of like I was studying. You know, I was taking a world religions class here. And this guy was talking about how this Brahim from India married, you know, married an English woman. And I went ahead and he showed a picture of us was expecting sort of a, you know, Indians. I mean, shoot, the further south you go, the darker it gets to where they're, you know, most of them are just sort of niggers with European-like features. That's what the Dravidians are. But this character, he looked like, 
you could set him in Arkansas. You could yeah, set him yeah. in Arkansas. So, so he passes have, the three-second test then. Huh? So he passes he passed, the three-second test then. He passed the 30-second test here. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, I used to remember looking at Eli James or Joseph November or Joseph Cut Putts November, whatever the hell his name is this week. And I used to, you know, I was sort of buddies with him, but this was in uh, this was in July or August. And essentially Ray Larson of the uh, Indiana Ku Klux Klan finally figured out he was a Jew and kicked him out. And Fink was whining and pissing and moaning about that here. But I'd go ahead and look at that picture, Eli James. Oh, shit. He don't really yeah, he does. Like he looks him. like a rabbi. There's no doubt about it, yeah. Rabbi oh, James, oh, absolutely. Oh, oh what I was Fucking Jew. Yeah, well, what what is hilarious is that somebody found a picture, found a picture of uh, you know this you know these three Jews, and the middle one was Rahm Emanuel. Then there was an old one, and then there was one in a hat who looked like Eli James's younger twin brother. You know what I mean? So then I say, why does Eli James look so much like a Chicago supporting Jew? And uh, oh, <laughs> because he, he probably he was, is one. Well, I think that what's likely is uh, that he you know, looks a lot like Eli James. I think he came out of Rachel, Sarah, you know, Goldstein, you know, Cuts, Putts, November's Pussy here. You know what uh, I mean? I sort of think, I sort of think it's Eli, J- Eli James's, uh nephew or something like that. Oh, he, looked, he looked like Eli James's younger twin brother. And I'll, yeah. I'll go ahead and try to find but anyway, hey, I was, I was uh, yeah. talking about niggers, right, in the South, Southerners and all that. Hey, I'm probably like I, you, Mike. I have never seen, I've never seen a white Southerner when it comes down to it. I've never seen, I mean, it, you know, in South Dakota, if we're talking about Southern Dakotans, Swedes here, you know, I mean, there's plenty of us here who just wishes that Custer had been given a free hand. Custer actually said that it would be cruel to the Indians to let them live on reservations. He thought that, you know, they couldn't live in peace. So he, he, he pretty well suggested either run it, driving them back up to Canada or just simply killing them all. You know what I mean? Oh, we'll drive them back up here. Huh? We already got enough. Yeah. Hey, what I was, what I was going to say, Martin, okay, you're probably like me. Like, you know, I, I'm still old enough. I'm old enough now to remember what white Canada was, right? Like, I never – saw a nigger. I saw my first nigger probably when I was about seven years old. So that kind of tells you how rare they are. And I never actually met one like live and in person until I was, what, maybe 13 or 14 years old in high school. Like that's how white this country used to be, right? And now it's all full of, you know, it's full of packies. It's full of everything. But you probably remember a time too when, you know, there were no niggers around in your town. There were none living in your city, wherever you were living at the time. I mean, maybe when you there joined was. the army, you had like nigger, nigger uh, soldiers all over the place. But you know, there's no southerner alive who can ever remember a time like that. You know, they always had niggers. They always had niggers, and that's the difference. And, well, in some cases, they feel like they owe niggers something. They feel like they owe niggers something, and here is you know. I was looking at him getting down on this Connie Chastain, and she's a stupid southerner bitch, sort of like this Harper Lee cunt here, who essentially, this, you know, a ghost set of Watchmen is sort of autobiographical. 
you know, autobiographical. Because right what you know, she, you know, she was a Southern who went up to New York. She went ahead. Here is another, you know, another Alabaman from her same town, who's a total fucking little leprechaun troll faggot named Truman Capote. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yep. And uh, so what happened there from the same fucking town? I didn't know that. And they actually went out. They actually went out to Kansas, and there's some saying that maybe Harper Lee helped write In Cold Blood, or Truman Capote helped write the rest of them. But I believe that the truth is. And by the way, I I read this review by the. Wasn't he a child molester too, Truman Capote? Child Truman Capote. Wasn't he a child molester too? He was some sort. He was some. He was some sort of pervert here. Yeah, he was a faggot for sure. I thought he was a child molester too. I may be wrong about that though. Someone like me, you know, someone like me, I mean, just looking at him here, you know, it's time to take him out to the back 40 and put a bullet in his head. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a little You know what I mean? Let the, yeah. you know, let the, you know, let the, uh, let the buzzers and coyotes have something here. You want to talk about in cold blood? But in any case, you know, I mean, you know, there, there's some people, there's some people who literally make my fucking trigger figure itch. You know what I mean? Like every kike I've ever seen, huh? number one. Huh? <laughs> like every kike I've ever seen, number one. Well, I mean, you just look I at them and they turn no, your no, stomach, no, no. you know? I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at John Stewart here. You know, he's a Jew here. And you look at the side, and I was just sort of thinking, you know, just sort of wondering, how many lampshades, you know, how many lampshades, how much soap could you make from that kike? But what would be fun is to go ahead and start extracting it while the kike is still sort of alive. You know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't think that there's a white person alive who actually can look at, like, a, some hideous kike and not be totally sick and disgusted, you know? They may, like, convince themselves, oh, you know, I got to bless the Jew so I can be blessed and they're a blessing under my, you know, and they'll kind of, like, choke the vomit back down, but... You know, I mean, you, you talk to people oh, and you get their honest opinion of them, you know, when they're a little bit it, drunk or whatever, and, and they're all the same, you know. There's it, no white person who really likes Jews well, anywhere. In reality, they sort of don't. But on the other hand, if you want to see somebody who's going to go ahead and actually lick kike ass here, why, you know, I mean, you know, there's plenty of them on, you know, on the show tonight here. I, I mean, I, I really... I had to laugh at old Rand Paul. He's named after he's named after this damn you know essentially this ugly kikus named Ayn Rand, you know. Yeah. Who essentially, remember, you know Alex Linder wants you know he's a Jew. He wants to be just like you know he doesn't want to be a Nazi. He doesn't want to be a national socialist. He wants to be a libertine Ayn Rand goy or something like that. Yeah. He's not. And he certainly doesn't want to be a Christian too, because anybody anybody any Christian he throws out of his forum like quicker than throws out niggers and Jews, you know? Oh no no no. He had a nigger he pretend to be a cane nigger and essentially it was an, it was another fellow Jew named you know, pretend to be this nigger named Sean Williams or something like that here. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking I'm looking at this, you know, Kaikis Rachel Madsau. And I'm looking at this little, I'm looking at this little faggot here, you know. And uh, you know, no, I, I, I went ahead. But what, what was funny is that, you know, I think, I think Trump could have actually won the thing just like Ronald Reagan said. I paid for this mic. Let me go on, especially when he beat old, you know, old uh, George Herbert Walker Hoover Bush the senior. 
if he had just simply told Rand Pauls that look, uh, this is just something. This is just something done by the Republican chairman here to ask that question. Essentially, all you people are is just a bunch of Republican politicians here, you know. And essentially, you want to give up nothing for nothing. There, you know, there's no way you're going to make it by yourself here. Whereas I have options, and you know, as president, I'm not going to go ahead and give up something for nothing. Now, yeah. Like Obongo is doing to the Iranians. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that Obongo is actually correct about this Iranian deal because I believe the Iranians do have nuclear weapons. I don't believe that they're stupid. I believe that they got lots and lots of them from all these Russian nuclear artillery shells from the 1990s when Russia sort of fell apart. You know, well, you know when you got this... Motion, they're just going through the motions of scraping off plutonium from their little fucking fuel rod. You know what I mean? When you got this, when you got this George Bush, though, this, that, that little asshole, the last president there, who's calling you the evil empire and he's saying he's going to come and destroy you and kick your ass and everything, well, I mean, like, what incentive is there not to have nuclear weapons? I mean, that's the only deterrent, you know? You got this turd telling him that. Well, no, I mean, that was I the dumbest mean, thing in the world. He should have just kept his mouth shut, you know? But no, that's, I mean, uh, that's your typical Republican idiot right there. Well, no, he was a total idiot here. I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that, hey, you can put all the fucking sanctions you want. That doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that Kim Jill Ung Sung or whatever the hell he is, it doesn't mean that he's going to have any shortage of Swedish or Australian blonde whores to suck his dick. doesn't mean he's going to have a shortage of Swedish porn. They can go ahead and get off whatever internet he got. It doesn't mean that he's going to suffer. Uh, I mean, 500,000 North Koreans, you know, who are politically suspect can go ahead and starve to death. But, hey, he still got a nuclear weapon, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, all these, all these freaking sanctions here. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that they're whining and pissing and moaning because the Jews are telling them. And I'm looking at, I was looking at Chris Christie do his little thing. Oh, what happens? We must support isn't real. You know, here's a fat pig. Here's a fat pig who whined against racism when he was student body president of Rutgers, you know, home of nappy-headed basketball hosts. You know, in the words of John yep, Donahue. Yep. And what happens is he was totally against racism. Here, he's a piece of shit. He's a fat well, when, pig. When you want that fucking Jew Adelson's money, though, that's what you got to do, right? I mean, they own they own the TV. So if you want press, you got to go to them. If you want to get good write ups in the newspapers, you got to say nice things about the Jew. You got to go there and put on the little beanie hat at the Wailing Wall. I mean, it's just the country. Well, your country is so Jewified anymore that you you can't survive without doing it. You know, you have to be a kike or a kike like essentially. I I don't I I I see what I see what I see. In the case of Trump, and I want to see what the rest is that here's here's that bitch Hillary. I mean, essentially they're whining about the Chinese reading everything. I have no doubt the fucking chinks are reading that you know that evil bitches all of it, all of that evil bitches emails, and they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> see, because because it wasn't even on a secured server, you know? Did you hear about that? Huh? All that, all that, like her own little private server there. It was just like your email server. You could just guess the password and get in there and steal anything you wanted off of it. Oh yeah, it was like the 
chinks and the kikes, and everybody had got no, uh, I mean, got her stuff. You know, there's this guy named Carl Denninger, you know, at, you know, at market-ticker.org, and he points out is that, hey, if you have shitty encry- you know, encryption to where, hey, the NSA got a back door, or it's such shitty encryption here, what makes you think the damn chinks? You know, the damn, I mean, I go ahead and I look, and, and the chinks are, you know, going ahead and going over to whitenationalist.org slash forum. Now, they're, you know, I mean, maybe it's just simply, oh, let's go ahead and see what, the, you know, let's see if we can get on this racist asshole forum. But they don't have any interest. They don't have any, I mean, really, really white nationalism or racism, you know, doesn't really, it doesn't put any slop in their trough. They don't have any interest in taking down my webpage. But I have no doubt that they're probably able to go ahead and crack, you know, crack the password if they want to spend that time. I go ahead and look, and essentially the People's Republic of China or whatever the hell they call it now, uh, you know, you have a number of these people on there. And then the other ones will be spammers, Russian spammers, Jew spammers trying to sell you know, my number one post was some damn Russian Jew spammer essentially finding, you know, finding my webpage he put on the very first post on my own, on my own V-Bolton, you know, board server. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably didn't take them long, huh? And, yeah. And what happens, I got to where I still got about 450, you know, 450 spam names. I, you know, I took it to when Brian Real was starting to take it down. I didn't even bother, didn't even bother. Doing in some cases here, you know, I, I have an average. I have an average, you know, reading the stats. I have about an average about seven hundred or so unique individuals from a different IP. You know what I mean? Seven hundred yeah. here. Now, what happens is that you know, every so often they have these little lists here, and then they're trying to register, and the registration is disabled, and you will have. <sighs> You'll have a bunch of them try to get on. You know what I mean? And maybe yeah. they have a newsletter, and you'll have all of a sudden it jumped up to what fifteen hundred unique individuals trying to get on. And uh, hey, you know it. You know it doesn't. What what I what I see what I see you know, in, in this country in the case of Hillary, that bitch is so lawless. But the answer is, is that, look, Hillary, if you're not going to obey any laws, why the hell would we, you even think that we're going to obey you as president? You know, here, here in Missouri, why you have, you have these people talking about how we need protection from, oh, beaners and niggers voting here without, you know, proper ID. Well, folks, they're not allowing me to run because I'm a white supremacist here. So what difference does it make? The elections are fraudulent, and they've always been fraudulent. They, they, you know, folks, we don't have rule of law. It's nothing more than, well, essentially whoever's in power. My sister came over, and, you know, she explained is that, hey, you know, the, uh, you know, this farm, which is worth maybe about 35, you know, 35,000, you know, and essentially it's about the only, it's about the only property remaining in South Dakota that my brother hasn't been able to steal. I mean, hey. You know they won't they won't allow my sister to put a fifty thousand dollar bond because they don't want you know because they essentially want to simply make the public administrator of Newton County essentially be the administrator of my mom's estate what little she has there 
because they're scared that I'm going to sue them or I'm going to cause trouble. I'm not right for you know being worried about that. No. But uh, hey, I mean, essentially, you don't have you don't have any law in this country. And what I keep on trying to point in my ten thousand warlords pro, you know, program, I mean, essentially, there is no law. What what prevents anybody for simply going ahead and killing these Jews and niggers, but killing the Whiggers first here? Well, and there's law for you though, Martin. That's the difference. For the state, there is no law. For all those uh, all those kikes and all those commie capitalists and everything, you know, they're the they're the big cheese, and you're nothing. You know, they make the laws. They are the laws. I mean, that's the way it is. It's, it's the same way in my country. I mean, you know, there's, there's no difference anywhere anymore. But it's statism. That's course, what it is. Statism. It, it's, it's statism. But on the other hand, you know, I mean, here's Donald Trump. He's pretty well saying, is that, folks, we have a problem. You know, I mean, I, I listened to his opening statement, and he's the only one who seems to have some grasp of reality. Shit is not in good shape. Yeah, absolutely. Things are, not good, things are not in good shape at all. And that's why, you know, that's why I don't think anybody really believes, you know, what with his four, you know, with his numerous divorces, what with his numerous bankruptcies. I mean, I, you know, I think he's, you know, I think Trump is a crony capitalist as well here. I don't think he's going to be any, you know, any change here. But essentially, he seems to be a crook who is telling, you know, telling the Whiggers what they want to hear because they're hurting. And the rest of these characters are just simply, they're just simply little breakdown tards here. I mean, when, you know, when old Rand Paul says, hey, you buy politicians, I always I was thought the right rejoinder is, what do you want? What do you want, Rand? Do you want a cabinet ship? That's the system, you though. Want to if you, if you want to get rich and you want to get anything done buy. in New York City, you got to buy politicians. I mean, that's just yeah. that's the way they've set up the game, and so yeah. he's playing well, he it, you know, and they're mad at him for that, it, you know. That is, uh, okay, Rand, I mean, you are right. I have, I've been known. I mean, hell, maybe old Donald... Maybe old Donald has bought some pussy in his life. I mean, shoot, you know, it'd been cheaper if he just bought it retail here at what fifty or hundred bucks a pot, you know, a poke here. Yeah. No, he ended up paying old Ivana a whole bunch of money here, a lot more than if he just simply paid a hundred bucks a poke, even you know, even was overpriced at that price here. So yeah, I mean, in many cases, you know, it, it makes. You know, I used to talk to John Britton here, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, he sort of made fun of me for, you know, screwing whores in Germany. I said, look, John, uh, when it comes down to it here, you can either you can either grow your own pussy, in which case you're going to end up paying more for it than if you just simply rented by the poke here. You know what I mean? That, that, that's a sort of cynical thing to say, but somewhat true. You know what I mean? You know, but, but again, I mean, when, when, you're, when you're raising your own, be it be it your wife, you know, you know, be it your, you know, be it your daughter or granddaughter here. You are essentially, you are essentially keeping your kind alive here. So it's not really the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but very oh, true. Oh, yeah. look at cynically, you know, you're marrying some bitch here. You know, that's why, you know, you know, old Pio, he comes by, he comes by, you know, and he used to, he used to go ahead and, you know, my sister was saying, "Why didn't you know why why did he pay thirty two, thirty three thousand dollars for a damn pickup?" 
you know, when he could have when he could have bought when he could have bought a double wide and put it on the five acres out the farm. You know, brand new double wide, they, a fairly good double wide. Thirty, you can get them really cheap here, but essentially about thirty thirty five thousand. You know, I mean, you can have a fairly mid range. You know, you can have you, you can you can have them fairly you know pretty expensive here. On the other hand, you can spend even up to a hundred thousand on double wide. But hey, well, about thirty five thousand will get you oh a middling, lower middling, lower middling double wide. You know what I mean? And actually, yeah. you go ahead and build cheaper. It's actually cheaper to actually build a real house here. I think it is a whole lot cheaper to build a real house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but but in any case, you know, I don't know. Why, it, it depends why, on the why, climate, though. You couldn't live in one of those things up here. Way too cold in the winter time. You know, they got like a I half guess. inch of insulation in the walls. I mean, you know, good for shit. You'd uh, you wouldn't be able to pay the heating bill to keep that thing hot enough to uh, even survive in the winter. You know, I don't know how uh, you know you are in the Dakotas where you are. I imagine it gets pretty cold too. But oh, it's cool. I don't know. They don't work here. It's paradoxically colder in South Dakota than it is North Dakota because you're further you're further inland here from any big seas or something like that. It's actually in many cases warmer in Canada than North Dakota. I mean, there's more trees in North Dakota at the same area of longitude than there is in South Dakota. Yeah. Huh. But in case, you know, I, I believe South Dakota is you know I believe South Dakota is about five degrees average colder. You know, colder in winter than North Dakota here, but then again, maybe that's because you know Fred Lindstedt told me about sneaky Norwegians, uh, you know, living in North Dakota here. We were a bunch of pinkos or something like that here, you know. But in any case, uh, in case he doesn't, you know, he doesn't buy that because he likes the fact that I own half that trailer. He knows damn well that that bitch will never get it from me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he came back from South Dakota. I guess he's seen part, you know, the first part of Sturgis, and then he decided to go down. You know, maybe maybe he got his tube. You know, maybe he got his dick sucked up in the Sturgis here by a biker chick. Who knows? But in any case, he uh, you know, he came back. He came back down last night here. But anyway, I'm, I'm going out and I get the mail. You know, and I see I see the hippo. And back when she first showed up in 2004 here, she's the same age. She's the same age as my stepdaughter. So she'd she'd be, what, 30, you know, 37, 38, something like that. Well, anyway, she used to look like a, she used to, you know, she used to have big, wide shoulders like a football linebacker, but a real small head, sort of like a little walnut, you know, on top here. And now what happens to the bottom part of her sort of fills out here? She glared. At, she glared at me here, but by this time I'd gone ahead and got my mail here, and I just simply uh, walked up the back here to see, uh, you know, see how the rest. But anyway, you know, that's you know, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go ahead. He used to stop here, and I'd go ahead and tell him what Roxy's brother Ralph said. He says, "Hey, you really need to ditch that bitch. Just play the child support." Just pay the child support by two hundred fifty dollars a month, and just simply ditch that bitch. Go ahead and find you some other pussy, because she ain't going to go ahead and give you any more. You know, she's not going to squeeze out another little baby piggle or piggle cat mm. or piggle clip. I mean, hey, just go ahead and ditch the bitch here. You know, I mean, he let slip here that she was told bitch here, so he said she wouldn't sign a prenup. So he, uh, you, know, you know, and she she went ahead and gave him a whole bunch of shit here and. 
Oh, what happens about what three, four months? You know, three, four, about three weeks ago, he just bought that thirty-two to thirty-three thousand dollar pickup. You know, using mom's money. You know, that he's stolen. And it was in four days that I hear the hippo screaming. You know, screaming at him that she's going to take baby piglet here. You know, take baby piglet and leave him here. You know, four days after he goes in and buys her that damn, you know, buys her that, that damn pickup truck here. And I don't know. I, I halfway hope. I halfway hope that he went ahead and found himself some Sturgis pussy. You know what I mean? And you know, went ahead and yeah. found himself some Sturgis pussy because essentially it's really cheaper, really cheaper to stay out at the ranch, stay out the ranch, or you know, no, he don't. You know, I mean, actually, stay in Midland. And then just drive what 120 miles to uh, drive 120 miles to Sturgis. You know what I mean? You know, across the yeah. prairie. So hey, anymore, anymore, I'm beginning to believe that just everybody needs a kick in the ass. You know, I don't even care who it is. It's well, just, that's true. We, we, that's you know, life has just become too easy and and too materialistic and everything else. You know that. Guys can't even, you know, the women are no good, and the guys couldn't pick a good one if they knew uh, they knew how. You know, it's just we need to go back to some some very hard, terrible times again to get, you know, straighten some people out a little bit, give them a kick in the ass that they need. You know, I anymore, I really think that's that's what's got to happen. I mean, you tell me there's a depression coming, I say great. That'd be the greatest thing that could ever happen right now. Our people, because they need it. Well, when Zog Babylon isn't able, you, you got you got to laugh here because well, guess what? Every time you turn around, I mean, really, Trader Glenn Miller is gunning down, you know, gunning down three goitards, you know, in the Jew parking in the old Kike's home parking lot. I mean, essentially. You know, other than the fact it was Trader Graham Miller, nobody would be paying attention to it. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know anything. Look, look, what you had is that you had, what, the other day, another tard, he's, you know, he he's half-assed about gunning down people in Tennessee, so essentially the pigs gun him down. Uh, that was the guy with the hatchet, hatchet, right? Yeah, the guy with the hatchet here. Yeah, yeah, here, here, gun or here he is, here he is, here he is. I mean, if you meant fucking serious here, don't take the fucking hatchet. Don't take the fucking mace here. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're serious, just take, just take the freaking 45 caliber pistol with, you know, uh, you know, about three or four or five magazines, hold 17, 18, 20 shots. Essentially, just bang, 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 bang. You know what I mean? Well, the guy was yeah, obviously deranged, though. What did he have, like, bottles of lighter fluid and stuff he's going to light people on fire with? I mean, just, uh, yeah. you know, the guy was a nutcase. He's not, he's not fucking serious. He's not, he's not fucking serious here. No. He's not I mean, someday somebody's going to do that right, you know, just like you say, pull the fire alarm, you know, and blast everybody as they come out the door. Somebody's, somebody's going to do a, a decent job of it, and, you know, they're really going to rack up a really nice count, but... You know, well, when it's just nuts like this guy, I mean, you know, they, they, they can't get anything done. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, you want to see a nutty one here, that, that, that crazy gook in 2007. I'm at the nut house in Stowen in Virginia Tech, and what did he do? He got, what, 35, 37 body count? 
You want yeah, something like that, yeah. Eight foot cack in this cock is to ride the Holocaust here. Ah! <laughs> uh, yep, it could be done, you know. They, but they, uh, they, they, it, it takes, it's going to take somebody sane, that's all. As soon as somebody sane ever, ever wants to pull something like that off, I mean, it could be hundreds, a huge one, you know. It's just, I don't know, it's just there's not, nobody not, who isn't not, on Prozac not, or some crazy thing like that doing these things, you know. Not, not hundreds, uh, you know, not with a single, not with a single shooter. Uh, but if you end up having, you end up having somebody who's really serious, yeah, you you could you could rack up quite a body count. But no, I mean, you're you're having. It seems like every single week you have that that sort of thing occur. And I, I'm looking I'm looking at this I'm looking at this Holmes character. For my Gary is a Jew boy. You know, just like this Joe Lee Lochner. And then you have this fucking raghead and essentially he looks a lot like this Holmes character. He has about the same stupid facial expression, has the same look in his eyes. You know, that raghead who went ahead and yeah. cut down four or five gyrenes gyrenes about what, oh, three weeks ago? And you're having more and more and more and more of that. But anyway Well because uh, they closed all the nut houses down. They don't put they don't put nuts in there anymore. They put uh, you know, political prisoners in there. In no, what no, few they, of them they, are they still working, them. you know? Yeah, well no, I I've been I've been locked up in the nut house. Let's take a break and I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you again sort of how a nut house works here. Essentially what a nut house works here is that what they – I'll sort of tell you the sort of composition you have, you know, in the nut house here. Because I, I know old Hunter Wall, old Cunhair Walrus was locked up in the nut house for two or three days, and he met this character. He says he met this character who gunned down these uh, people in Lafayette, Louisiana here, and the guy was a nut here. But, uh, you know, folks, these nut houses, you know, these nut houses are the kind of people we have here. They will have they will have nutty niggers for a short period, but niggers are usually violent, and they want. Is to there hurt. any other kind, nutty and violent? Well, no. M- most niggers, I don't think, are really nutty per se, because they don't have enough brains to be really nuts here. You know, you well, want maybe to, yeah. How about retarded and violent then? Well, retarded and violent. But the thing about it is, usually the retards are not that good at violence. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, we're, we'll talk about we'll talk about we'll talk about a few other things. Let's let's have about three or four minute break, and we will come back. And uh, I got a live one on the uh, I got a live one on the uh, you know on the uh, chat. So we'll be back in about three or four minutes. Hell, be three.
Okay, we're back. I'm looking over at uh, Cuthair Wallace's and Jim Giles' observations uh, about the debate here. Now, I don't know. I sort of halfway apologized to Jim Giles because that big blow-up on the 3rd of June, the July 2010, uh, had Buck McHugh and a few other characters don't cause trouble for for Jim Giles. And I caused trouble for Jim Giles. The whole purpose of doing so was to have him admit how he felt about uh, Edgar Steele. And I got him to do it here. Uh, I did get down on him for, instead of, instead of just simply telling this character was associated with Bill White, that he wasn't going to interview him because he had a agreement with the prosecuting attorney to that he was supposed to be on the internet. Uh, Jim Giles went ahead and sort of snitched him out to that prosecuting attorney. And a number of people, including me, said that's not right. It doesn't really matter why you inform on somebody. You simply do not inform. And I got Jim Giles to yell and scream. You know, Jim Giles... Jim Judas. Giles... 
Judas was the only rat in the Bible. Yeah. The only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw this traitor Glenn Miller. I got to laugh. Yeah. Man. I'm looking you know, right and that, back. That's got to tell you what he is then right there, you know. He's like I'm, the lowest scumbag in the whole story right there. I'm looking back on 2011 when Linder, when Linder uh, in April or late March goes ahead and talks about what a great hero traitor Glenn Miller is. And Linder is still playing that, you know, playing that card. And the, the way to go ahead and piss off all these characters who come into the movement, be it Axis Skanky, be it Trader Glenn Miller, is say, hey, look, folks, you're not white. You're not white at all. Jeremy Visser, you're not white. Think, you're a Jew. Uh, Brian Rio, oh, he's mad at me because, hey, I showed his Facebook profile page. He looked like a little effeminate mongrel faggot is what he looked like. He looked like, a little, you know, he looked, he wasn't white. He looked um, like he swam across the Rio. That's what he looked like to me. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> I mean, sometimes he looked like a gook. Sometimes with them lips, he looked like a nigger. Yeah, it depends on the picture. Yeah. yeah. It depends on the picture here. And pretty much, you know, he's going to have to explain before the 27th of this month here why he thinks that he has he has jurisdiction here to go for to essentially sue me or this case continue, and he does the case was bogus all along because hey, uh, you know he's not obeying the DMCA. Uh, he can't have me for slander because he called me a convicted child molester several times, and he had you ought to sue him. Well, I am counter suing him. Uh, the question of it is, I'm counter suing supposedly Eli James and Bill Fink. But I'm not quite sure what this judge did as to whether or not, you know, essentially this case is on, it was bogus when he set it up. The question of it is, you know, does it still exist even though I have DMCA jurisdiction? Because hey, I did counter, I did counter notice, you know, Brian Rio quite a few times. And he kept on taking one pages down. But anyway, uh, I, I was just looking at Jim Giles, and you know, Jim has a great deal. He has a great deal of enthusiasm, but he has, you know, I've called him a roid rage retard. He just simply, he just simply doesn't have any, much of anything that thinks between his ears. He's just simply, he's just simply, you know, he, he really ought to go back. He really ought to go back to what he does best here. He has verbal intelligence quite, you know, quite well here. Uh, that one interview I looked with William Lind. William Lind asked if he you know, he given he given Jim Giles a you know his book about fourth generation warfare and he asked Jim Giles if he read his book. Well I read I read his column while I was in the Nuthouse. I had one of my stalwarts send me his on war series here. And I love reading William Lind here about fourth generation warfare. You know, essentially he explained that that war with Iraq and in Afghanistan was lost before Bushy started it. And I, I can't even see how, you know, literally Jeb Bush, you know, it, 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 the closest I see is four years ago at the same time when they had all these debates and said so they were going to force Romney, mittens on us. And nobody wanted mittens. Nobody wanted mittens. And nobody really wants Hillary. And can you imagine Jeb Bush versus Hillary I mean, it, it, it's sort of like your own gut wants to go out and strangle. Your own gut wants to loop out and strangle Jeb and Hillary. You know what I mean? 
Nobody yep. wants nobody wants them. In the case of Hillary Well the Jew you know, wants them though. Well the Jew And that's who counts. Well even Fucking even Jew. George, you know, even George Soros didn't want Hillary. He she went ahead and found a nigger. Went ahead and found a nigger, you know, to whoop Hillary. So I don't know. Uh you know, the worst matchup but then again the best matchup would be a Jeb Bush and Hillary matchup which will just simply say is that Zog Babylon is is just so fucking brain dead that they don't even keep control of the pretenses here. Well, but, I always say, like, put the two shittiest candidates you can get against each other, and that's great because maybe you'll have uh, a 42% voter turnout, which means 58% of the people, like, don't want either one, don't even want a government, basically, is what they're saying, you know? And that's, and hey, the voters have spoken, you know, fuck them after that. That's the end of it, you know? They've totally well, lost think, all legitimacy when it goes down below 49%. I think it's not really been 49% for a long time. Uh, Possibly, I need, yeah. I need, you I count need, all the dead to, people that vote. I need to file this lawsuit in Missouri to where, essentially, you have uh, one of the Ashcroft spawn. He, uh, he was a United States senator. Uh, and he was uh, Dumbia's first attorney general. It's all piece of shit. It is, and he was Homeland Security chief or something, wasn't he? No, he was the what attorney general. Oh, attorney general. Okay, yeah, yeah. And hell, he, even he couldn't stand old Dumbia's spying on all America. So essentially, Dumbia backed off, but he went ahead and spied on 42 million Americans, anyway, American households, which means essentially all the white people who can afford to have a landline, a cell phone, and Internet connection. You know what I mean? You know? yep. So, I mean, pretty well everybody. You know, every, I mean, there, you, had this, you had this fat you had this fat piece of shit, uh, Chris Christie. You know what I mean? I, I wonder if old Trump, if he had gone against Trump, he says, well, Trump says, well, at least I know how to keep a bridge open. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know... But, if he if he ran in New Jersey, I mean, you know what you got to do to get elected there. Of course, you got to be in the Kike's back pocket there too. So yeah, you know, it's just it's just you go down the list and everybody's a piece of shit, and that's that's essentially what it comes down to. You know, like you ask yourself, like this is this is the absolute best the United States of America can do, and I mean, it's not just your country because we're in the same boat too. We got this this Kim Jong Harper who nobody's seen in public in like, I don't know what, three or four years or something like that. This bastard child of Pierre Trudeau. And I don't know who this is. This other guy, NDP guy is some, you know, commie Jew probably. And that's, those are her three choices, you know, so we're in no better shape than what you are. It's just, this has got to be that way everywhere in the world. I'm sure it is, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it's the machine guns. That's the only thing left. I'm really convinced of it. No doubt about it. Oh, it appears as if we've lost our show host for tonight. (laughs) My show. Okay. He'll be back. All right, okay, so let's keep the show going. All right. Uh, On the subject of niggers... Okay, so here we're going to talk about the white person's biggest delusion about black peoples. And that is that your niggers are somehow better than everybody else's niggers, and everybody believes that. 
when you go to a place like Haiti 150 years ago, 150, 200 years ago, when the French got kicked out of there, they killed every Frenchman who uh, was foolish enough to stay behind, and they killed every freed slave, and they killed every mulatto, every half-white. And that is basically what they do right there. But then you fast forward to, oh, let's say, a place like the Belgian Congo, 1960, and they say, oh, well, you know, we'll just hand the country over to these black people. And, you know, we've, we've civilized them. We've been here 150 years. And, oh, our people are different now. These people are civilized. They're educated. What do they do? They kill all the white people, drive all the rest of them out, and then they've got this niggerized hellhole that just degrades into chaos. And you go down to the next one, South Africa, the same thing. They're in the middle of it right now. Oh, we... We lived with our black people for so long, and we civilized them, and we made them tame and good, and, oh, we'll just let them take over the country, and they'll be nice to us. And they're in the middle of getting wiped out right now, too. You know, it's... And if there's anybody in the United States or Canada or any place else that has a genuine nigger problem, a really bad one, I mean, you're headed for the same boat. You know, you think, oh, we've tamed them, and oh, they'll be pretty nice to us when we let them go. No, it's not going to be that way. It may be that way for a while, for a few years, a few decades, but eventually they're going to turn right back into the savages they always are, just like when 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 they left after the Civil War and went back to Liberia. I mean, those were educated people, some of them. Some of them knew how to read. Some of them were Christians. And what do they do? They degraded right into cannibalism and everything else just the way they've always been. They're no different. Well, it looks like we got Dick Relton back on. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's me. Uh, what happens is I had, I heard a little boop, or I heard a little thing, so I knew that either I myself or you were kicked off the uh, kicked off the Internet. And <laughs> that was this you. Is my, yeah, it was me here. Uh, it sounded, you know, if you have a Skype connection, Skype depends upon the internet. And if you have an internet, you know, break here, why? Yeah, it's going to uh, do that. So essentially, I, you know, I was asking anybody to share me, but essentially, both. I have two windows. I have two windows on this show, and this one, you know, this one died on me. So I'm going to go ahead and start a new window. Uh, Generally, generally you have the whole idea is to essentially destroy the you know, every every mighty evil empire destroys destroys the sounding stock here. The Persians did, the Mes, you know the Macedonians did, or the Greeks did. The uh, you know essentially the English have done so. The Portuguese, the Spaniards, every empire destroys its founding stock. And well, the, the empire destroys itself, though, because they begin to believe in equality. You bring all these Huns from outside the gate, which you should have kept outside the gate in the first place, because that's what you do with Huns. And, oh, we're going to bring them in, and we're going to treat them like our friends and our equals and everything else. Well, these, they're Huns. They're going to kill you. And, well, you know, people, they just don't ever understand that. We, well, how many case, times are we going to have to learn that lesson? Over and over and over. In the case of Rome, they didn't have any choice. The Huns came, and the Huns, you know, the Huns actually destroyed this, 
you know, this Gothic Empire, when it was under one ruler, you know, over the Visigoths, the uh, Ostrogoths, and the uh, Gepids in 374 under the, quote, Alexander of the Baltic, you know, uh, this uh, king called Eomenric. And uh, it was mentioned in Winsip because he had a wife who he thought was cheating on her, and he, uh, he had her pulled apart before horses. And then soon later they said that this was, this was her revenge because the Huns came, and a uh, 104-year-old King Eomenric was killed in battle. And then two years later, uh, the Visigoths, the Visigoths destroyed, you know, destroyed the Roman legions at Adrianople in, you know, in uh, 376. Uh, but, but in any case, every empire destroys its founding stock, and that is what you have. That's what you have here. What, what I find, what I find hilarious here, is that, you know, especially Fox News or something like that, they got to have some blonde some blonde info babe essentially asking the questions as if, oh, good Lord, have a, have a you know, good-looking woman who's easy on the eyes. You know what I mean? Especially over at uh, Fox. Now, increasingly, they're no longer blue-eyed blonde info babes, but uh, you, you, you have these, and they're going through the motions, and you, you go ahead and look. What I see happening now is the same thing, is the same thing that I've seen, what, uh, four years ago, where you had all these debates, all these debates, all these debates, all these debates, and they were all, you know, you have, you have a, you have a dockhead mystery meet, you know, running, you know, as one of the 17, they're, they're, they're praising up this here, uh, this Wapas who got kicked out of Hewitt Packard, she got fired because I guess they thought that she was about to tank the company, Hewlett Packard, and then she ran for what United States Senator, and she got her ass whipped against some Jewess who'd been there forever. And Feinstein you know, or something? It don't really matter. <laughs> you know, I mean, both Boxer and Feinstein are tychuses here. Uh, that's what you. That's what you have. Uh, the Supreme Court. There's not a single white Protestant male. On the Supreme Court, you know they might. Well, be, they might. You go. You go back to the Bush administration. There was not a white white Protestant in the in the in the whole shitty administration. You had all those spicks and niggers and Jews and everything. I mean, like actually, you mentioned Ashcroft. I think he may have been the only one. Maybe you one know, out Ashcroft, of the whole. He, uh, he, he was governor. He was governor of Missouri. He was attorney general, then governor. He was a total piece of shit. And his he was the guy who lost to the dead guy, right? Huh? The guy who got killed in the plane crash? Lost no, his wife no, no, or something? That was, that was Minstrel Shomel. He was governor. What, what happened? You had a whole bunch of crooked shit. You had this, they had this lawyer uh, who was the son of a famous state senator. Uh, his name was William, you know, William Webster. Essentially, his son was a Missouri attorney general, and what he was doing is he was allowing connected lawyers from usually St. Louis to raid, to loot the, uh, the second injury fund. Essentially, he was allowing them to loot the, uh, the workman's cop fund. And oh, pretty well, here is, here, is old, here is old Skunk Blunt. He's running for governor, you know, Roy Blunt. He's the United States Senator. You know, I mean, he's a piece of shit. 
But anyway, he ran in 1992, and he, he showed this about all these lawyers collecting money from old William Webster. Well, he later on, he later on went to prison, but they didn't put him in prison for what he actually did. They had some stupid shit about a babysitter who was being paid out of some slush fund or something like that. So they sent him to jail over the you – know, essentially, they you – know, you know, he, so he they could give him six jail. months instead of 60 years like he was supposed to get, right? You know, get him on the babysitter got, thing? Well, yeah. Over, over the, you know, essentially, it was something that should have been just simply no big deal. What, what he, he should have gone to prison for essentially allowing connected lawyers to loot the workman's cop fund. As yeah, a general. real genuine corruption charge, yeah. Yeah, a real genuine corruption. I mean, you're a thief. You're a thief. I mean, essentially, if we send, if we'll send some nigger or redneck you know, a uh, shoplifter to prison for a number of years here. Well, hey, we all send you to ten times as much here because you yeah. supposedly ought to know better. You know, that's that's the shittiest thing about constitutions, too. You know, I've read a bunch of them from all around the world, English Constitution of 17-whatever, and I read my own and I read yours. And you know what the one thing that's missing from every constitution? It's supposed to be the highest law of the land, right? And yet there's no punishment. In fact, the constipation did away, did away with the English, quote, constipation uh, punishment to where, guess what? You can essentially, you can go ahead and kill, you can go ahead and take away the estate of a regime criminal. You can essentially put a regime criminal's, you know, family to death. I mean, you know, folks, uh, Dewey Tucker was right when he was saying on the 4th of July that we had a wonderful system. You know, of have setting up a king. You know, the king acted corruptly. You would go ahead and kill the king and his family and have their bodies eaten by the dogs and the buzzers in the ditch. You know what I mean? And you go ahead and kill whoever was, who was with them here. The, the essentially, the American Constitution did away with bills of attainder, did away with, you know, uh, for, you know corruption of blood and forfeiture of state. You know, essentially, they did away with the penalties. Now, if you know, if it says the right, the right of the people to have arms shall not be infringed. Essentially, you know, here's a Jew named Bloomberg. Here's Feinstein. Here's these other critters here, and they try to pass a law. I mean, shoot, you go ahead and take away all of Bloomberg's money, and you know, you're going ahead and you're going ahead and wrapping them up in bacon here and letting the you know, wild dogs eat his carcass and have the spawn's carcass here. You're wrapping them up in bacon and letting the dogs, you know, go ahead and eat his carcass wrapped up in bacon here. I mean, they did away with the punishment for treason. Yeah, yeah. And it's as like result, Voltaire said, result, you know. You get, you gotta have. He said uh, he thought that the best system was democracy tempered with uh, assassination. That's what he said. So I don't know well, if no, I agree with that. I agree with the assassination mean. part for sure. You know, well, that's there has what to be. About, they said that's what they said about the czar. Uh, suppose the czar told his son, you know, son, we're the only ones who don't steal in this country because it all belongs to us. But then the saying was, is that the czar is an absolute despotism tempered by assassination. And they yeah. uh they did they did kill a number of they did kill a number of czars here. Uh, czar Alexander the Second was killed by uh 
the defembra fear or the neuron or people's will. And you you would have you would have that sort of thing. Essentially the English Civil War, I believe, was the acme was the acme of political thought because you had on the English side, you had Thomas Hobbes who wrote Leviathan and also translated uh Oh, through side leaves or something like that, history of the Peloponnesian War. And you had on the other side, you had John Milton. You know, uh, he was a little bit more famous here. He was a Protestant, or he was the parliamentarian. And you had two, you had two different views on who, on who should rule. Now, John Milton said the parliament should rule. And, you know, for a while, you had a military dictatorship under Oliver Cromwell. Mm-hmm. Who dismissed okay. the parliament? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he dismissed what was left of the parliament. You know, he just simply said it was that, hey, you're just a bunch of ass clowns. You're just a bunch of ass clowns, and he got rid of what little was left here. And you know, uh, there was a pretty good film. There was a pretty good film with Richard Harris uh, called Cromwell. And uh, did they talk about him putting the letting the kikes back into uh, England too? Oh, he let the kikes back out? in. I used to fight with this character called Charles Stewart. He would say that he was related to, you know, James the, you know, James the first or the sixth. He was related to Charles the first. He was related to Charles the second. You know, I guess through James the second here. And I said, you know, I mean, look, I, I call them Charles the worst Stewart because he believed this Commonwealth Court shit here. I said, look, Charles, uh, your, you know, your ancestors were the only dynasty to have two chances to to have two chances to get it right. And he fucked it up both times. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. they fucked it up both times. And they you know they believe that you know they're king. They can do whatever the hell they want to. Well Charles mm-hmm. first got his head chopped off because of that. You know, and I, I tell people that, that is why there is no royal army because of the quote it was uh, the army, which uh, there's a royal tank, tank corps, there's a royal navy, there's a royal, there's a royal air force, you know. But there, you know, there's no, there's never going to be a royal army because there's the army which chopped off, you know, Charles first head. Now, interesting, that I didn't know. Huh. You know that that's that's why there's no royal army here. Uh, the only disloyal service they've ever had, right? It, well, well, they also used to say is that. If you had if you had a noble family or a gentry family here, the dullard would go in the army, but the navy wouldn't you know wouldn't, didn't really tolerate a whole bunch of idiots running around because you know I mean essentially with with uh, with ships those ships are expensive, they require a good deal of upkeep, uh, they require a good deal of you know forethought in order to keep them running here because they were the they were the technological force here so. Well, well, the Queen doesn't you, like to lose her drug loads either, though. Like yeah. to lose her heroin shipments, you know. Got to put oh, somebody they, smart they in do. charge of that. They, you know, the, the Worldwide Church of God, British Israel, used to point out is that, guess what? David's house will always rule here. Why, the Queen of England, the Queen of England, she's related to David here from T. Teffy and all that. Well, I bought me a, I bought me a concordance, and I looked at Genesis 49.10, and essentially, Christ is the lawgiver and the ruler who will never depart from Israel. Essentially, that bunch in England, I mean, you look at them, 
They're a bunch of Jews and mongrels. You know, they're they're kikey. I mean, that yeah. Kate Middleton, her 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 sister looks like a Jewess because she is. Her her uh, her brother, full blood brother, looks like a uh, Asiatic mongrel of some sort here. Because he is. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was, but there was some Frenchman around the time of the French Revolution who went on some little speaking tour over in England, and of course he, you know, spoke in front of all the the big wigs, lords, ladies, and all that. And what he said of his uh, of his experience over there is he'd go and he'd speak to all these, uh, you know, this British aristocracy, and he said uh, he said something like he uh, he was surprised at all the Jewish-looking faces that were staring back at him every time he went to, to one of these speaking things. Well, you know, they, I mean, they, might, <laughs> they let they, him back they, in, they, and like 150 became, years later, shoot, like the whole country was kiked over, you know? Well, supposedly Benjamin Disraeli was the right person. My asshole Charles the Worst, I said, look, Charles, okay, you're bitching Cromwell, let in these, let in these Jews, uh, because these Dutch Jews lent him money, you know, lent him money to conduct his war. So he went ahead and ignored Edward the First, you know, twelve ninety, kicking them all out. You know what yeah. I mean? And so the law supposedly is still in effect. It hasn't been really turned away here, but you know, you go ahead you know, one one guy said one guy said the reason Braveheart was made wasn't that they like William Wallace so much, but they still hate Edward the First so much. You know what I mean? Because these are the ones yeah. that came out. You know, I mean, in that book, you know, and, and they, they said that Edward I, you know, I think Edward I should have been called Edward the Great because he beat the crap out of the Welsh. And then, you know, with his faggy son here, his son was already sort of faggy already here. And, you know, in that thing where he kicks out the little faggot here, you know, that was supposedly an illusion. His son you know, his son Edward the Second got you know you know they uh, essentially what they did in you know sometime in September October of 1327 they just shoved a red hot poker up his ass because he's a big faggot here you know what I mean <laughs> you know but in any case uh, what is it with degenerates and royal families anyway they seem to go together for some reason well they go together because you know normal faggots. Normal faggots back in the old days here, I mean, if they found out you're a faggot here, uh, well, okay, you know, I mean, essentially you would be put to death here. You know what I mean? Ordinary, ordinary middle class or lower class faggots, if they got detected, they were pokerized or they were put to death or they were whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But essentially, Good if, old you're days. King, if you're the king faggot, you couldn't you know, could do that. But anyway, ask Charles. I asked Charles, I called him Charles the worst when I got pissed off. I said, look, Charles, uh, yeah, okay, Oliver Cromwell brought in these Jews here because these Dutch money, you know, money men had given him the money. Why the hell, why the hell didn't, why the hell didn't you, you know, why didn't, you know, your ancestor, Charles, you know, Charles II, why didn't he just simply say, hey, guess what here? You know, all the Cromwell hmm. running Jews. Well, throwing those fuckers them, out, yeah. So why don't we just throw them back out here? You know what I mean? Because they're not on my side. They gave money to Cromwell. And what we did is we dug out Cromwell, and we dug up two or three others, and we went ahead and gave their bones. Yeah, they hung them or something, so hung, didn't they? They're dead we bodies. Hung head. 
We hung his head aboard a spike here as a traitor on the Tower of London. Why don't you just go ahead and why didn't your ancestors just kick the Jews out the second time? Yeah, because they were the ones who funded them. Yeah, they're the, the ones real who money behind it, you know. Well, guess what? Now, you know, I mean, his son Richard was a tard, was a retard, couldn't really maintain things. Why don't you go ahead and kick him out? And the answer is, is that hey. The people who are in power, they're above the law. They, you know, there's no punishment for them. I mean, if there was essentially, you know, that, that's why they're a little bit scared of me around here. I tell them, you know, and that's what my sister was saying is that, hey, none of these lawyers around here, none of them really want to have anything to do with my mom's estate. Yeah, essentially on the farm because the farm ain't worth more than, you know, maybe $35,000. You know what I mean? Mm, you know, it's still 35000 bucks. Yeah, but how are you... More money than I've got. Well, that's true here. But on the other hand, so we went out there and the place across that, you had the last of their, their the old people died out. Now what they're doing is that they essentially allowed these loggers to come in and cut down these 60-, 70-year-old oak trees which had been sitting you know, while the old people lived. I mean, the old the old lady, Vickery, died last year, so now they're bulldozing it out. They're cutting down trees, and we've seen two, two, we've seen two deer you know, in there. We went out there to see how much they want to sell that place for. But what they're doing is they, they've logged off. They've logged off the... The second growth, you know, this now it's old growth for us, but they've they've logged off the second and third growth, which is what sixty or seventy years old here. The oak trees or something like that. Yeah. You, see the oak, you can go ahead and see the oak trees uh, just sitting here for wooden and veneer and whatever here. So we went out there here. But anyway, you know, let's let's go ahead and talk about people you see at the nut house here. You know, at a place like Big's Maximum Security. You will have, you will have, at base, you'll have about 55% nigger. And usually the niggers, some of the niggers get pretty good at pretending to be insane. I had one named, uh, his last name was Washington. I don't think this nigger was insane when he went in there, but he was part of this holdup gang. You know, I think, a, you know, either a liquor store or a carjacking or something like that. And it was a group of four niggers which did nigger shit. And essentially, he's looking at first degree, you know, murder. And so he pretends to be insane. They send him there, and he becomes really actually insane. You know, the two niggers, two of the niggers, which didn't pretend to be insane, they got to ride the needle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I talk about ride the needle, so what's worse you, then? It used to be called Ride the Lightning here, like, you know, meet, you know, strap down a little sparky, and, you know, sort of like on the Green Mile, you know what I mean, where you had this, yeah. you know. Uh, did you ever see that movie? Yeah, I did see it, yeah. I thought, it was I thought okay. it was hilarious here. I mean, you know, I've never seen a I've never seen a saintly nigger at all here. I've seen some no. original niggers, you know. <laughs> by, the, by the way, by the way. That's Hollywood, though. It's life. movies, Mark. It's not real life. There's never been a real white man who believed or pretended to be Jesus Christ. I mean, but I had on I had on the ward of I had on the ward there were at least, you know, three or four niggers that thought they were Jesus Christ and we had two on the fucking ward. You know what I mean? 
Jeez. So, then the, one, the, the, the nigger that gets to be Jesus Christ, the nigger that gets to be Jesus Christ is the bigger, stronger nigger, bigger, stronger, younger nigger. The older, the older, the older nigger has to go ahead and make do with being the Archangel Michael or something like that here. The John but the Baptist or something like that? Yeah, he's, you know, I mean, you know, he, he still thinks he's Jesus Christ, but he's not going to fight it out with a younger, stronger nigger. You know what I mean? Oh, now, man. There was, there, was this, there was this one nigger named James Howard. And I think he killed his family or something like that. And he you know, he thought his grandpa was God. And he thought he was Jesus Christ. I think he killed his grandpa. He was a St. Louis nigger. And he wasn't that bad nigger, but, you know, he got to where he learned to, you know, put his nose in the air and talk to the voices in his head or something like that. But most niggers are just simply violent niggers. And well, most of them here... Oh, it's either drug deals or essentially they get, you know, their, their she-boon or whatever drives them to nuttiness. You know what I mean? And then usually, yeah. usually the whole purpose, though, of it is to, you know, if you're a public pretender, the Supreme Court ruled, what, about 10, 15 years ago, that you couldn't execute, you couldn't execute people who were insane. No matter what horrific crime they did, if they're insane, you can't execute them. So what you, what they do is every public pretender sends them to the nut house and tells them to go ahead and see how the real nuts act and act nutty like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go ahead yeah. and do that, and the whole purpose is to avoid riding the lightning. I thought and those fucking Jew psychologists were supposed to be smart enough to be able to tell the difference, though. Oh, fuck. Here, I had one here, Jeffrey Klein. He's a total fucking fucktard here. I mean, you know, six months came along here, and, you know, he went ahead, and he knew that I wasn't ready to accept the public pretender. I mean, I had, you know, I, I got sent to that house illegally, you know, without having a chance to challenge my commitment here. It was forever a petty, a small, petty jury here. I mean, it's up to Selby. You know, said, so Selby was trying to force a lawyer on me, and he gave me what? 22 or, you know, or 44 counts of uh, contempt of court for 660 days. Totally illegal. Totally illegal. After the first, after the first 30, there was supposed to be another trial that could see whether or not this was an actual, you know, contempt. It could be a civil contempt, you know, but if it was a criminal contempt, then there would have to be another trial for that. So essentially, it was just contempt, and oh well. And what'd you, what'd you get a contempt for? Did you at least get to tell the judge to fuck off a couple of times, or did you not even no, get any no, value for the money? He, he told me. He told me. He told me that he would hold me in contempt if I, if I refused, if I refused to accept a public pretender. Meanwhile, public pretenders, we don't want this asshole. We don't want to defend this asshole. This asshole has money. Besides, if he didn't have money, if he says that he doesn't want to be represented by us, he can't be represented by by. Well, so here he was pretending that I was in form of papyrus, and he was going to force them to accept me because I was in form of papyrus here. And they said, "Well, no, we think he has money. You know, he has. You know, he has a couple houses. You know, he has. You know, essentially has the money. You know, he has the money. And besides, you can't force us by law. We have what three? An average of four hundred cases staring us. So essentially, you can't force us to do it. They're going to sue him." So essentially what he does is he goes ahead and looks at, okay, I can commit people. And essentially it's easy to commit people in Missouri. I mean, one time one time there was this nut here 
this missing nut. I think it's a faggot or something here. You know, he you know he'd been in that house before, and there's this bitch named Heather who's giving him a hard time. I say, hey, you know, Dennis. I said, Dennis, you got money? Yeah, I got money. Say what? Why don't we go ahead and work on sending Heather to the nut house? You got hundred twenty dollars? I'll go ahead and draft up a motion. You know, I'll go ahead and do it according to Vice Session Missouri. You know, five twenty or something like that. We think Heather is. We think Heather is nutty. Here we can look. You know, I mean, we're nuts. We can go ahead and look. We think Heather, who works, who's being a bitch, nut house. We think she's sort of nutty, and we want to go ahead and try to commit her to the nut house. Now, I said, look, you know, the hundred twenty dollars is going to be gone because they're not going to go ahead. Heather isn't really nutty. But essentially, she's going to look like a total fucking tard if she has to go ahead and fight off, you know, being sent with us to the nut house. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I said, no, no, no. I mean, you have $120? If you have $120, you, you go ahead and pay the $120. You you file it. I'll serve it on Heather for free. And essentially, we'll go ahead and have Heather, you know, have to worry about being sent to the nut house. You know what I mean? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, I thought it was hilarious. He was so hilarious, he had to tell Heather. He had to go ahead and tell all the other people. So everybody was talking about it, and old Heather started looking at me. What did I do to you? And I said, well, you know, you, uh, you go ahead and you bitch my hat to shut the door when I'm next to this fat child molester who farts all the fucking time. I mean, cut who are you know? And essentially, you won't let me keep the, you know, you won't go ahead and let me keep the door open to get rid of the sparks because you're mad because I'm reading damn books. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think you're going to actually be sent to nut house, but you're going to have some explaining to do as to why, you know, it's going to be on your chart every, every single time, every single time a nut does something, essentially the staff have a whole bunch of shit here. They have to do something here. So especially in many cases, it goes against the staff as well. I mean, you know, it's just fucking paperwork. You know what I mean? It's just fucking paperwork. I mean, uh, you know, this one nut, Martin Burke, I said, we ought to fight here. If you and I were, were to go ahead and team up here, we'd be running this fucking place here. You know? <laughs> you know but anyway. So you, <laughs> so yeah, you think you're working there just as nuts as everybody else or what? Like oh, if you get yeah. sent there, you go nuts. Well, if you got to work there every day, you would too. Well, some cases they're nuttier. I mean, I used to say there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, you know, there are a lot of nuts here at the nut house, and some of them are inmates. Oh, and man. in many cases, they are taking the same dope here that the inmates are taking. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, they are. I mean, they are. You know, I mean, you know, you know nut house living uh, has a bunch of nuts there. No, no shit. So anyway, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell it, it's really easy, and it's designed to be easy. It's designed to be easy to go ahead and send old people. You know, their kids want their their kids want their house. They want, want their money. Want their yeah, business, want their money. And supposedly it's still easy to go ahead and send somebody to the nut house here. It's designed that way. So essentially, I was just saying, I said, hey, I got sent to nut house, and illegally, I was not allowed to see the first evaluation until about a day or so before I was sent there anyway. And according to law, I was allowed to challenge it. I can't challenge it if I'm not allowed to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And so I said, I'll set up there. I'll set up there because I will accept the public protection. So you have all sorts of characters here. But like you, you say, the whole system's lawless anyway, though. You say, oh, I wasn't no, allowed to see it. Well, there is no law anymore. There, there is no law. There is no law. That's why, That's why. you know, like I told this federal judge, I said, well, on the other hand, I have, you know, I have a brother who essentially murdered his mother. You know, what the hell do you think that, essentially, if I put pressure on him, do you think that he would he would cut Terry Knapp some slack here? Terry Knapp, you know, his dad has $27 million at least. That's 10 times more than my mother had. I mean, shoot, you know, I wouldn't mind putting Terry Knapp in his daddy and essentially just give him a dull knife and no rations and, you know, have one of them, you know, kill and eat the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, you, you – no, there is no law. And once there is no law – well, hey, it, it might very well be, and that's why I keep on. That's why here, you know, Harold Covington and the rest of them here. When I, when I talk about my ten thousand warlords program, you understand that they're they, the bowel movement is nothing but Jews and Mongols and Mansers and Zogbots, and it's. I mean, I'm looking at Alex Linder, a Jew boy. Essentially, he is he is publishing something that Trader Glenn Miller got. Well, he's talking to that, you know, that uh, character who pled guilty to child pornography, Kevin Alfred Strom. Now, I don't know if Kevin Alfred Strom actually did it. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe some sort. He's really some sort of weirdo, cowardly weenie who essentially will confess to anything. I mean, you don't even have you you don't even have to go ahead and squeeze his nuts from a pair of pliers. He'll go ahead and confess. And here he is. He's being told pussy. He doesn't really want to accept that call from Trader Glenn Miller, but Wiggerswill's already worked it out, put the money, and here's Trader Glenn Miller. He's calling up here, and you get Kevin Alfred Strom's number. And, you know, pretty well like I was explaining here, uh, I, have, I have a friend at the nut house. He calls me from the prison. This call may be monitored and recorded. Yeah, fuck. You know, they all say this call is going to be fucking recorded and, you know, monitored and recorded. And essentially, it, we are going to record it anytime you want. So essentially, that's the same one. And so are, you in a, are you in a state where, uh, where they have both parties have to agree to it? No, just one party. Okay, just one party. Okay, I was going to say, because they can't do that if you're in a two-party state. Yeah, but there's very few. I mean, Jim Giles, what he used to do is he used to, he, he found the wonders of Skype, and he would just go ahead and call about everybody else. The only time that one of them had any sense here was this car dealer up in uh, Sago, Ohio, Idaho, where he was calling. This is Jim Giles, and you're being recorded on Radio Free Mississippi. Click! You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Who, who they had did here. So you have these people, Jim Dowell, that tell me he's recording them. And these tarses stay on the line. Now, they might say, now, say it's much here, but only one of them I seen clicked it off here. But anyway, if you're, yeah. if, you're, if you're getting a call from someone in a jail or a nut house or a, or a prison, and they're saying this call may be recorded or monitored. It is being fucking recorded and monitored. And essentially, he got that call to where, you know, he says it. Essentially, he goes and explains about how he killed these people. Now, I'm listening to Trader Glenn Miller. On the recorded and, call. On the recorded call. Oh, and essentially, shit. you know, they're bitching, but, you know, Al, you know, here's Trader Glenn Miller. You know, he's a, he's a drunken, lumpy, malungeon. Not anymore. He's not drunken anymore. 
but what he is, what he, what he is, is that he's admitting that he carried with him some wild turkey. He hadn't had a drink for five years later, but after he went ahead, while he's waiting here, after he guns down this waffles for second, you know, the second half, he's waiting for him to show up. And here he is, gulping down the wild turkey radio. He's placed down his guns here. How Hitler, how Hitler, how Hitler, how Hitler. You know what I mean? And I think, I think it was arranged. As long as he didn't actually shoot any old Jews here at the old kite home, he was allowed to gun down whatever didn't look too Jewy in the freaking parking lot. Here he is. Here he is. That is he's definitely telling. strange. No, it's strange. It is what he is. He's always been a he's always been a rat. He's not white. He's you know, I mean, I used to feel sorry for the CI dentists who got snitched out by him, and then I see I see a cork eyed. I see essentially. You know, I didn't really look in his eyes here. Two times I've seen him here. You know what I mean? But to me, he was drunken lifer. I was in the army for two years. You know, and I was a short timer from about ten minutes in basic training. Oh, thank God I only signed up for two years. I was the Army had a one-year program. And I signed up for, what, two years? You know, the minimum. You know, I got, had the highest beat kicker. I had the highest education kicker because they, were, they, were, they needed smart, you know, white boys who'd done two years of college. What do you want to do that for, anyway, Martin? For the free GI Bill thing, or was it just like no, no, no GI to fulfill Bill, some boyhood was, dream of being in the army? No, or? no, I was, I was flunking out, I was flunking out of mechanical engineering school because I hated the math, I hated study, and here I am at Rolla, and I'm getting my ass whooped on this kinematics exam. I should, what I should have done is I should have took an engineering management. And that way, would have had these PUD engineering courses. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I passed the mechanical engineering thermodynamics. You know, I got a C on that, but you know, the the, the statics, the you know, the statics. I I, I went ahead and took that all off Keller here. You don't have very good teachers, uh, you know, in the engineering school. The whole purpose is to get the smart ones, to get the smart ones here, essentially weed them out. And then you get the ones who will not study, like me, who really do not like that. And essentially, then we're weeded out, usually by the time we're, quote, super seniors. And I was failing a, I was failing a, uh, I was failing a kinematics exam, which is even worse than dynamics. Oh, it is awful. I mean, essentially, it involves, you know, the action of various forces upon a moving object. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean this is you know this is the most exciting stuff. Oh, it is awful. It was worse than thermodynamics. Thermodynamics sort of makes sense. This nothing did, I couldn't figure it out. I should have took engineering mechanics. But, you know, if I had to do it all again, I would. Anyway, I'm saying is that shit. I'll join the French Foreign Legion. I said, Nah, I ain't gonna join that here. Fuck me. At least slap people around here. You know, they treat you rough here. <laughs> six years here, and essentially Dolly Parton was, you know, this was nine to five, and the Army, you know, just before Be All You Can Be came out, they were flogging the Army's two-year program, you know, and mostly it was infantry. It was all combat arms. You know, the only cavalry thing was involved driving around in the Jeep in the full of the gap, you know, waiting for the Russians to kill your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what the yeah. cavalry. Cavalry scout. I know what does it involve? I know it involves driving around a cheap used jeep here that's been used for about twenty years or so. You drive around in a jeep, 
you know, and where the Russians are seeing you. And essentially, you know, if you get your ass scragged here, you get you, if you get shot dead or killed or blown up, well, that means that World War III is about to start. So essentially the MOS involved driving around in a Jeep, Waiting to get shot at. <laughs> you Kiss know? your ass so, goodbye. Yeah. Kiss your ass goodbye. And I wanted to become a field artillery surveyor, but I had I had color blindness, so there went a useful task here. And essentially, the one which had the biggest educational kicker, you know, they would pay two dollars or three dollars for every dollar you put in, and you had a fifteen thousand two hundred dollar beat kicker, the highest kicker. Of any MOS. In fact, it was the MOS where you had to have the lowest points in order to make staff sergeant or sergeant, staff sergeant, whatever. And the reason was is because it required a great deal of math here, you know, logarithms. Looking them up in a logarithm table to figure out how to fire a firing mission required. You were supposed to fire, you know, figure out, you know, using a piece of paper, doing addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and looking up logarithms. I mean, essentially, you had to do a good deal of math in yeah. order to, and you know, pretty well the field artillery surveyor required, knowing how to run a generator, how to load up, using tape, you know, a you know something else. I mean, essentially, it required, it essentially required people who had at least about 110 IQ or something like that, maybe 120 IQ. Yeah, which is hard and to find in the Army. And, and the whole purpose of it is, is you're signing up for a two-year program. It was a white college students who already paid for the first two years in community college and wanted the Army to pay for the last three and four. You know what I mean? Yep. So I signed yeah. up for that. I got two years. I spent 19 months in Germany here. So that's... So and you had a bunch of nigger me. officers at that time? You had one or two nigger officers. You had your very first female Lance battery commander, and the lifers pretty well sabotaged her and ruined her career. Well, that uh, must have been fun getting yelled at by some bitch and niggers and everything. I don't know if I'd like no, that too no, much, no, that's no, for no, sure. No, 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 no. What happens is that the niggers, you got you to gotta realize, is that we did have a female. We did have a female. She was, she was pretty cute. You know, you know, she was pretty cute here. Uh, but essentially, she, uh, oh, they were white women here. Uh, you'd have you'd have about, you know, third, about 40%, maybe 45% of the Army was niggers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you'd have a bunch of Puerto Ricans, thick niggers. But this was an infantry unit. So how many whites was there left in, like 30% or something, or what? Well, it depends. I mean, you know, let's say like, I mean, you have, you, like, John Britton. The United States has like lost John every war since like, Korea. Like, like John Britton. Like John Britton. So we were hardly, there were hardly any no niggers there. So you got to understand is that I was in a unit, you know, a combat aviation battalion. I mean, the ones who run the helicopters. You can't yep. afford to have, I'm just a dumb pilot in private. I didn't know how to torque the lead nut on the rotor, which holds the dang thing up here. You know, you will have, you will have in the, you know, sort of like special forces, this 96 or 97% white. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, in the case of the, you know, the rangers here, ranger officer school, there hasn't been a female yet who has passed to be a ranger officer. 
or something like that, or maybe one or two. You know, they're, they're mentioned by talking about lowering the standards so that women can get into it. Now, some of the Ranger NCOs are females, and a few of them who are pretty tough women can do it, but, you know, no Ranger officer or whatever can do it. But essentially, you, you have, like, you know, you know, you know, hel- you know helicopter aviation. It's white. You know what I mean? Yeah. The men are white. You know, there might and the be a, you know, and stuff like that are okay. nigger town. But then again, then again, you know, you have, you have, say, infantry cooks. Dumbest them alive. You know, we had, we had, uh, we had one blue gum nigger from Louisiana named Holmes. And he was, I mean, that he was his first a blue name or his last name? So his last name was Holmes. He looked like he was, he was a big-butted, you know, blubber-lipped, blue-gum nigger. You know what I mean? Now, there were other African niggers from Uganda who were sort of purple niggers. You know what I mean? They have a little yeah. purple sheen on their hide here. You know, this, uh, this nigger was coal black. You know, he was a pure-blood nigger. You know what I mean? He had a 67 IQ. I, I knew this because I'm, you know, doing CQ, I'm looking at the reenlistment card. I'm the smartest you know, I took, man. I, I took the Army test, the U.S. Army test, in about 1989, just when I got out of high school, just for kicks. Yeah. I went over to the Detroit. Ass- <laughs> the ass- and ass- I didn't, yeah. You know, I thought it was pretty tough. I didn't know how you would even get in there with, like, a 65 IQ. I don't know, maybe in bad times. Well, that's what to, you know, take you anybody. You've got to realize that I was at the tail end of the Carter Army. I went yeah, in. I, guess. I went in. I went in. <laughs> I went into basic training two weeks after Ronald Reagan had been inaugurated. You know what I mean? While I was in basic training, got shot. You know they I mean? were still busting draft dodgers and stuff at that time, weren't they? I don't know if they were or not, but nobody really gave a shit. I mean, what happens is this was the tail end of the Carter Army. And you have, I mean, I go ahead and I have a list on the ASVAB. I have 147. I mean, that's supposedly my IQ. You know what I mean? 147. Yep. So I'm, the, I'm, I'm probably the smartest enlisted man and probably, all, you know, man, period, in the entire battalion. I'm certainly the smartest one in the battery. And the battery is, you know, supposed to have 80 men. It don't even have 40 men. It supposedly has maybe 37, but you never had over, what, maybe 30, you know, in formation. It's totally... Under strength TONE. You have six battalions in Germany. You have two battalions over strength in Fort Sill, where they come back. I knew that I was going to go to Germany. Why am I going to go to Germany? Because I'm just a two year man. I'm going to be sent to number six out of six. I'm not going to be sent to the, to the nicer HE units. I'm, not, I'm going to be sent to the number six unit. You no know, crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to even be sent to number five, where, you know, it was the Kaiser Stables, and the, you know, latrine water is, you know, either up to your, you know, to your boot tops or your knee tops here. Well, I get sent to number six, which is 12 under strength, and I get sent sick there. In fact, the entire class, except for this sergeant here. Now, this particular MOF had the, you know, if you got in, and you were a lifer, you would be. You would be promoted really quickly because they had the smallest points here because nobody wanted to re-enlist for it. Smart people don't want to re-enlist. A two-year man does not want to re-enlist. You sign up for two years, you're going to, you're going to be, do, you're going to be, you know, it's going to take about six months or so of basic training and 
you know, study here. So essentially, nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to be in here, and essentially requires white, you know, uh, smart people to do the math here. Yeah. To go ahead and do, to you know, talk over the radio. To essentially, what you do is you're dispatching these, you know, these crewmen. Now these crewmen, most of them are niggers. In fact, the gunnery sergeant most likely is a nigger. But the I think even actually, like. Like, whenever I hear, like, even white people who can speak over the radio, I don't have a good radio ear to begin with. Like, how do you even decipher what niggers are saying over a radio? Well, you didn't. We had I mean, one nigger who was essentially uh, to- given a choice between literally jail or the Army, and somehow he, you know, they passed him. You know, so I see, you know, that nigger couldn't even add. We didn't have him on the radio. I mean, you know, no. I mean, you know, pretty well. Pretty well, your MOSs, which require brains, are white. You know, your field artillery surveyors, white. You know, because they have to do some math. Your your fire direction control, the smartest ones of the lot. But then again, you have you have truck drivers, you have cooks, and yep. this, you know this this nigger was such. He was a nice nigger. He, you know, most most poor pure blood. It couldn't have been that nice if he was up for like murder or going to the army. That's your two choices. I don't know. Well, no, he, he was a criminal nigger. All he did was collect Article 15s and his syphilis. And essentially, he you know, oh. they, they finally kicked him out of the army after they you know after they got you know I mean this is the tail end of the Carter army. And but but on the other hand, the one who actually aims the damn missile was always white. He was a PFC or respect four. You might have a nigger gunnery sergeant. Uh, one time. Bravo Battery, Bravo Battery had this spec four named Cox, and he just got tired of the shit. And he was he was running around with an asshole West Porter who was an asshole, and this nigger this nigger sergeant first class who was giving him a hard time. So he decided to wait, and he fired on the back asthma, which meant instead of instead of a nuclear weapon, you know, hypothetically going toward East Germany, you know, to a railroad munition yard. You know, a nuclear weapon going to a you know a mid-sized town with a with a rail with a railway yard for which they're bringing up Russian tanks and artillery. It was 180 degrees on the back asthma, so they figured out he would have landed about two kilometers outside the city limits of North East Stuttgart, and depending on the wind, kill anywhere from a half million to two million Germans. You know, friendly Germans. It was a wartime situation. You know, so what he do? He pretend, hey, I'm just a dumb private, and it ruined the career of this asshole West Pointer and of this nigger sergeant, you know, senior sergeant. Oh, you know. man. So, in any case, I mean, you you see all sorts of stupid shit in the army, and what what you have is that in a unit like, you know, like the nuclear, your 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 fire direction control, which is essentially all white. Well, except for a few, a few criminal niggers who are good for nothing or in guard duty, and then not even that. And then, you know, the, your field artillery surveyors, and then you'll have your commo and wiremen here, which are a mixed bag of Puerto Ricans and Hoigers and Beaners and the rest here. And then you'll have, you, you'll have your, you'll have your uh, motor, you know, your, you know, your deuce and a half and 10 ton trucks and such like that. And usually the, you know, usually the Irish or whatever, you know, lifer is usually fairly smart, but he has a bunch of dummies. And then you have the cooks. And the cooks are dumb as hell, mainly niggers. 
So you'll have you you'll have a unit you'll have a unit which essentially is of the very best of the army and the very worst of the army. You know what I mean? You know, it just it just doesn't make any sense to have those jungle bunnies there and to pay them for all the money. You know, you take like Zimbabwe. I read about fine, their fine, civil fine. war there let back me, in the seventies. This is the end of the Carter Army. How many? Yeah. How many? How many people? You know, like, like if you got you know, when I got there, I had a Puerto Rican. I, you know, this was a Puerto Rican corporal who was essentially active sergeant here. He went ahead and made in the 19 months I was there. He went from what? Corporal, spec four. He went, changed that MOS. He used to be an infantry cook in Vietnam. He went from, he went to corporal promotable to E7, and then he be, was, became made a staff sergeant in what? Oh, about 13 months. 13 months he became from a spec four, essentially, to an E6. Well, why? Just because they decided they needed more because uh, he Puerto was Ricans? In, he the... was in, no, 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 no. He was in that MOS. Now, folks, we you know he couldn't you know he couldn't do fire missions, and essentially you know when he would jabber in English Spanish, nobody could understand him. I mean, essentially he was the MOS. Now, what happens is that you know we had a fight between me and this Hungarian who wanted to become a lifer, and he wanted to get rid of the Puerto Rican. And I said, "Fuck no! Good Lord!" You know, what, what do you want? Some sort of hard charger, fresh from Fort Sill, artillery, you know, hard charging white lifer, you know, fresh from, you know, Fort Sill artillery school to essentially make things difficult for us? Or do you want essentially a Puerto Rican that needs, will essentially have things sort of relaxed here? You know, yeah, and, I suppose so. Know, well, I mean, it's sort of like Hogan Let's Hero so. here. Huh? Well, uh, I support the Puerto Rican here. I mean, hell, shit, things were relaxed here when he ran things. I mean, he bitch, you know, he he would he would go ahead and you know he would take out when we were in barracks. He would go ahead and he would go ahead and you know the finger would come out and he would run his he would run his finger on a damn coat hanger and look at me and say, "What is this, Winston?" I said, "Oh, uh, could be dust, Sergeant." Yes, you need to go ahead and work more about it here. I said, you're right. You're absolutely right. He'd do the same damn thing. So I'd go ahead and look, and I told the I told the, uh, I told the Hungarian, I said, one of these days when I only have two weeks left here, I'll go ahead and say to him, I'll say, look, you know, Sergeant Desart, you know, I, I know that you found dust all the times you've been in there, but as I looked at it here, why the hell should I have dust here? Why well, I'm perfectly healthy staff sergeant to go ahead and do it for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that was that was that was the trick. He hated them. So what happens is that he you know, he was sergeant, he was you know, junior lifer. You know, he uh, him and I we had a big fight here because he wanted to be a twenty year man and I just wanted to be a nineteen month man. And so yeah. I said, I, I ridiculed the Army. We'd been to the 250th rocket, and I compared about how the Germans had no discipline because they didn't hardly rape any German whores or not. And he is, you know, I mean, they just bit shine their boots. They didn't, they didn't start their field grade fatigues here. But on the other hand, why, you know, they, uh, 
know, army, and they didn't put up camouflage netting. Why the German army would let them, you know, they would buy a whole bunch of what they would do. We we had to run out. We had to run out to the woods and put up, you know, put up uh, camouflage netting. What the German army did is that they, you know, they didn't run. They they had MAN diesels and they had Mercedes Benz, you know, essentially for their trucks and stuff here. Essentially, Mercedes and MAN would come out there and fix the German trucks here. So essentially, I said that's another thing here. Whenever they have to run out of the run out of the motor pool to have one, I mean, every single vehicle turns over, starts, as opposed to our boys, where a third to two thirds of the vehicles can't even get out of the freaking motor pool. No shit. That's 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 how oh. that's how bad it was run. I mean, hell, them Germans they don't rape any prostitutes. They don't go ahead and you know, uh there was this well, because they're white people, people, Martin. Well, that's yeah, why they, yeah, they, well, yeah, they were you know, they, they were not nice people. people. They were Germans <laughs> here. They did the same yeah. thing. What the German army would do is that the German army would pay for Germans to have big garages. And then what happens is that when that German army was out on maneuvers, they would simply pay the Germans to go park it, you know, somewhere in a municipal parking lot, and they would go ahead and back up, back up in these big garages, the German military vehicles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck, fuck running, fuck running out the fucking woods and put up cattle that. I mean, anyway, the Germans just simply, you know, the Germans simply, you know, had, you know. Essentially, the manufacturers, mechanics, fix German, you know, German trucks and stuff like that. Now, some of them, like these missile launchers, were Americans, were American-made here. So, I mean, essentially, they were the, you know, 113s, which were essentially put with a crane, essentially used to make the missile in the warhead. But, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, the German, the German army, why, would have... Would have their radios one tenth the size of ours. They would run ten watts as opposed to running a hundred watts. They would, you know, they would run twelve miles of comma uh, wire up to twelve miles of comma wire. They had actual real guns as opposed to poodle shooters. You know, that's where caught to. I mean, you know, the Germans would run things totally different. I said, "Yep, why? Hey, you know, I mean, them Germans." Them Germans, why? Hey, they, you know, how, you know, so he got mad at me, and he he asked for a special one. I said, look, uh, you, you, we need to go ahead and wax the floor here, so the sergeant major can see how wonderful it is. I say, you know, I, you know, and then he wanted to go ahead and wax underneath the fucking wall locker. I said, sergeant major, if that little bastard of a sergeant major wants to go ahead and look underneath my fucking wall locker, he can move it himself here. You know what I mean? So they they gave him an entire room to himself, and he turned it into junior lifer, whatever. And then after that, we got along just fine here. He ran his little junior lifer, you know, uh, waxed everything, polished everything, spit shined everything, uh, you know, start fatigues and spit shined boots and all this good stupid shit. And me, but none of the trucks shit. work. Huh? Yeah, you know where are the priorities. You got to shine your boots, but but you don't have a truck that works. You know. I love the German boots. They had pull-on Wellingtons here. You know what I mean? And they never switched yeah. on their boots. You know what I mean? If they were in, if they were in total formation, they might go ahead and put a brush shine on it. But you know, they never spit shine anything. You know, but on the other hand, they 
you know, they didn't hardly rape any German whores, you know, prostitutes either here. So, you know, slit their throats after they screwed up here. I mean, they were doing that shit all the time in Germany while I was there. You know, yeah, you're right. That Zimbabwe Civil War, right? It was like, I don't know, like one million whites against 20 million niggers or something like that. You know, the, the whites killed the niggers like 20 to 1 in that war. Well, of course, well, you know, was, just even at 20 to 1, eventually you run out of white people. But, I mean, it just tells you what what niggers are worth in your army when you can kill them at 20 to 1. You know what I mean? You're going to be going up against Russians or chinks who are probably pretty tough, too. Like, what are these jungle bunnies going to do for you, you know, when you're well, up against a real tough enemy? Good. Well, while we were there, we had 350,000 soldiers in the army. Now the army total is total army is going to be down to 450,000 total. Now, 30 years ago, you had 350,000 soldiers in Germany. And the whole point of it was, you know, to pretty well tell the Germans that we would start World War III if the Soviets went over the line. The Soviets yeah, sure. went over the line, and essentially what we were is that, you know, that was back when America had a bigger military. That's when America actually, you know, I mean... You know, it used to be that America, you know, I mean, you were subject to being drafted for two years in the military. In, in Germany, why, hey, you know, it's 18 months. You have to serve 18 months, you know, in the Bundeswehr regular forces, and then you're subject to being a reservist for whatever here. So it, it's, a totally, it's a totally different way of doing things, totally different way of doing things. And, you know, you know, today, you know, the, the joke back then is that the army is ten thousand killers, and the rest is just simply what nine hundred thousand job corps uniform, and that's the way it is now. Now it's what ten thousand killers, and the rest is a job corps uniform. Essentially, yeah. that's, that's all it is here. And as a result, as a result, you know, I'm, I'm you know, let's just go ahead and take a let's just go ahead and take another break, okay? Okay, hey, I gotta get out of here anyway, Martin. I'll oh. uh, check you the next show. Oh, I if I'm there. We're calling in here. All right. <laughs> All right. Good night. Now, we were going to talk about the nut house, but if you have to, you have to go to work tomorrow. That's a different thing. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take another break, and we will be back here, and we'll go ahead and talk about Trump, Trump, and whatever else is going on. Hail victory.
That's what I get for not muting cards. That's what I get for not muting cards. Every know, everyone knows their dicks ain't hard. That's what I get for a muting cards. I ain't got time to run away when there's plenty of mongrels to slay. Why muting cards my stock and trade? I'm not moving on. I have it made. That's what I get for muting cards. It's so nice. To pass the old time, uh, I don't know what the hell. I just made that up here. I, I like the old Gordon Whitefoot here. No. Any case, here, why don't I have any friends? Well, I don't know. Uh, in order to be friends with me, you got to be sort of friendly. I come back and I see that Morty Chomo is up here, and I go ahead and uh, look at Oh, a bunch of, well, Pister Possum wannabe, you know, tarts uh, shitting on me, you know, shitting on me in my own chat room here. I decided to go ahead and just be mean and pot some tarts. What what can I say here? What can I say here? That's what you get for muting tarts. That's what, hey, 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 39, I'll go ahead and unmute you for about 10 seconds here. You go, you go and... You go and drop off here, and you come back as gift number 41. How's that? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That's your time is up. Well, okay, if you want if you want that thing, you know, my Yes, I'm such a loser here. I reported you on TalkSkew. Well, if you do that shit, 39, I mean, you know, that's what gets me. Some of these some of these retards, you know, maybe that's a pisser possum here. You reported me on TalkSkew? Well, hey, screw you too. Screw you too. I mean, I, I it never it never ceases to amaze me. It never ceases to amaze me. How much these Nimbuster tars they love being on, you know, having the show, having the show, and they're just like niggers that burn down their own damn ghetto. Don't have a damn lick of sense. Now I have no idea. 
maybe you know I've gone over supposedly 500 shows on talks to you. And what I do is I save I save the shows here. But guess what? If some of you nimble tards take down this show, what do you have to do? I run a tard corral. I let most of you be total tards here. You go in there and I pot a few tards and you are just bleeding out the mangina or the fact that I'm not letting you run totally wild. So you did get to run. I, I'm going to go ahead and look. I'm going to see a bunch of crazy shit. And folks talk to you would probably tell me. Like the first excuse they use, you let anybody on your show on your show run wild. There was Jenna Jameson and she was you know, this then Buster Tard was putting down stuff. And that was one of the excuses they used is that I allow a bunch of you idiots to run wild. And I do. And I do. But if you idiots are like stupid niggers who burn down your own damn ghetto. What the hell do you think is going to happen, huh? Yeah. reason I like talks to you is that it allows you people to be clowns. It allows you people to be as big an idiots as you want to be. If you're stupid enough to fuck that up here, it's on you, okay? Anyway, where am I at here? Bye, loser. I'm putting you to talk to you. Okay. Well, let's talk to you if you're listening. I want to hear them. You did guest number 39, who's one of the slimy cards here. There's certain things that if I find out that you're doing, well, hey, I, I I let you usually call me whatever you want. I let you run wild most of the time. But there's a few little lines here which says you cross and I detected here I will I will block and ban your ass. Alright? But no, this is pretty much free speech, you know, this is pretty well the free speech shitty. You know, this is the be a tar Julag. I pretty well let you, you know, you tards run wild. And then, you know, what happens is what you should do, make sure, though, is that you should behave yourself when I take breaks here. Because when I take breaks, I'm going to go here. I'm looking up on the chat, seeing what the hell you idiots have done. All right? Okay? So, anyway, yes, number 39. I reported you on 12 for you. Well, let's say you take this show down. What do you think is going to happen then? Okay. You are. <laughs> All right. <sighs> we dog left to discuss. My poopy dog has, has useful things to do. You know, and besides, if it was discussed, it was not discussed. It was not discussed against me. It was discussed for you tards here. It was discussed for me. It was discussed for what I allow you tards to do. All right? Get that straight. Anyway. I'm bitching about my guest here, Mr. Condreu. 
or Ceausescu or whatever. You know, this character, this character, uh, essentially the Collins is not as much of a tard as Rusper, is not as crazy as Bruce for, you know, coward 14, you know, uh, what, uh, 69-3-3-3-3. No, this character actually makes sense here. He doesn't always agree with me, but he makes some sense here. We were going to talk about the Nuthouse days. Instead, I decided to talk about my time in the Army. And, folks, it was what? The tail end of the Carter Army when, guess what? Most of the Army was not supposed to be smoking hash, but they were. Some of them were not supposed to be using coke, but some of them were. Using cocaine. Well, she can't have much of an army, you know, I mean, you know, today's army actually has more competent people, but hey, it didn't really matter. They still got their ass whooped in Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, I got, I got a laugh here is that, hey, all the publicans are white like pussies about Barack Obama, he's a, he's a, He's a Muslim here, and he cut a deal with Iran. Folks, if I'm right, Iran already has nuclear weapons. I got plenty of them. Now, they might go and pretend that they don't have nuclear weapons by scraping off their fuel rods, and essentially most of the time that scraping off the fuel rods is to generate fissionable material to keep on running the fuel rods. Anybody who, who, who even reads a little bit about the development of the nuclear weapon, about the Manhattan Project, they find out, they find out that, uh, hey, you know, they only had, you know, they only had one U-235 bomb here from the Central Museum. No, I had one, you know, called, you know, Little Boy. And it was the one who was, you know, which was sent over on Hiroshima. But Fat Man, they had plenty of them. They had two plutonium ones. The first one was used to detonate over, detonate over, you know, New Mexico. Then they had another one, which they dropped on Nagasaki. And then they figured out is that hey, it takes a long time to set a fuse out. The you know, differentiate between the 238, which is normal, and the 235. Well, hey, we'll just bombard it and make plenty more plutonium at Hanson or Oak Ridge or whatever. And that's what they did. There's a reason. There's a reason that they advanced the light water reactors. The whole purpose of them is because they wanted to have plenty of plutonium to make nuclear weapons. So that's why they used that. Yeah, that's why they used that. They didn't use thorium or thorium salts or anything like that here. Folks, if, you know, Zog Babylon was going to run things for white people, they could. This global warming horse shit here to where, guess what, we're going to make electricity more expensive 
It's not going to be good for niggers. Folks, we had a white red country run for white people, which I think that really we only ought to have about 30 million white people. I think that you know most of you know most Uyghurs, two thirds of them at least, are away from Uyghurship. I have no doubt. I have no doubt there's going to be a collapse. There's going to be an ethnic cleansing. And the first ones we need to cleanse are treasonous Uyghurs like my brother. Now, how would I spare my brother? Well, hey, set him to dealing with the pig life and with the regime criminals and the rest to where, guess what, in order to save himself, he has to go ahead and put these creatures to death. They'll be paid off their regime criminal money. Folks, anybody who studies history can figure out is that, hey, there is no law, there is no rule of law, it's a matter of power. Do whatever the hell you want to to your regime criminal enemies. That's what I tried to point out is that I'm looking at I'm looking at all I'm looking at what, ten cuckolds tonight. Ten cucks. Well, maybe Trump's a bull. I don't think Donald Trump is the salvation of the Uyghur race. But, folks, he's totally different from the rest of the politicians. Like I was going to say, I said, hey, he should have told, you know, the Portland Hoyle, Rand Paul. Look, Rand Paul, I mean, you're just a Republican politician. If you were in my position, you probably would do the same thing to where, hey, you, I don't, I'm not really beholden to the Republican Party. I don't need to swear any allegiance to the Republican Party. Because I don't have any, you know, well, there's no reason for me to swear any such allegiance. Now, folks, if you want to go ahead and say that what you are serving is not the American people but the Republican Party, that's fine by me. If you want to go ahead and say is that you're going to cut a deal for the interests of the Republican Party, that's fine. Get down on Bongo for cutting a deal with Iran. Why should I cut a deal for the Republican Party? Trump won't promise not to run San Antonio. Well, why should he make any such promise? You know, who's your loyalty to? To the Republican Party or the American people? You know, I'm confident enough to where, hey, Maybe you'll have to give me what I want. I mean, shoot, I'm not a man who goes ahead and gives up something for nothing. Now, you Republican cucks here are the sort of, you know, Republican cucks who give up nothing for nothing. There ain't no way you'd be able to win on your own. I'm saying I'm able to win on my own. I don't need the Republican Party. We're going to go ahead and say, you know, I mean, well, who's your who's your who's your duty to? I, I don't remember say, you know, swearing an oath to protect, preserve, and defend the Republican Party establishment. You know, as far as insulting Rose, Rosie O'Donnell, hell, folks. Well, guess what? You lo- you lost the fat, hibernator lesbian vote, which was going to vote for that bitch Hillary anyway. Well, there goes the fat, hyper-nigger lesbian vote. Bye-bye! Let me see. Oh, what happens is that I lost, 
I lost that fat crack, Leo, uh, Lesbo crack. I lost to Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, no. I lost the ones who want to go ahead and make Rosie O'Donnell's, you know, crack here. I'll start from the front, going all the way to the back here, with, you know, including the tank. I want to go ahead and vote for that. Well, how's that going to solve anything? Hmm? How's that going to solve anything? And the answer is it's not. Look, you know, Trump is not, you know, Trump is not a cuck like the rest of these cucks are. These cucks are going to lose. I mean, it's sort of pathetic here. I'll, let me just tell you what would be the most pathetic thing to see is Jeb Bush and Hillary. Nobody wants them. And yet they're going to bull your way to where they're going to be court president. Folks, what happens when white people say, I'm not going to obey you? Don't intend to obey you. Have no intention of listening to you. Fuck you. Hmm? What happens then? Hmm? What happens then? I go and I, you know, I, I look on the CI dentist letters here. Essentially, all these here, here's an obvious nigger nose Jew, like uh, think, ring around with Matt Mongrel, Brian Rio, all these, all these clowns, all these idiots, all these Jews and Mongols. You know, Rabbi Linder, another Jew, supporting a. You know, essentially a drunken, lumpy malignant who went ahead was you know, probably working for Zal. Go ahead and listen to what Trader Glenn Miller has to say. He was ready. You know, okay, I'd already gunned down these people. Oh, I had emphysema. I was about to die. I, you know, I'm mean, out working. Hey, there was a 90% chance of someone like me with emphysema was only going to live less than three years. I was about to go out in a blaze of glory. If you went ahead and read what he says, is that this judge said, hey, look, we're going to have a trial, and if you act like too big of an ass clown, I'll just declare a mistrial, and we'll go ahead and we'll take it back from the top. Or, if it's not too big a mistrial, we'll just simply have you sitting, looking at it on conference call, until you decide to behave. But hey, if you're going to yap about how you gunned them down because they defended the Jew, well, guess what? That has nothing to do. That's no defense. You gunned them down because that's what you want to do. And just go ahead and say as much here. Folks, I mean, look, you know, Trevor Glenn Miller, you know, maybe your Jew boyfriend, Linder, you know, will uh, go ahead and say that, look, if you want to say, say Zog Babylon, just simply say Zog Babylon gave you permission to gun them people down. Gun whatever the fuck you found in the parking lot. You would do far more damage to Zog Babylon by saying that than you would, you know, with your tedious, idiotic bullshit like this. Go ahead and show what you really stand for, Trader Glenn Miller. Don't play your little games. Don't do your stupid shit. 
I mean, I look, I look at, I look at the farce here. I haven't looked at all the farce here. I, I mean, I, I have some little bit of admiration for Donald Trump. I think he's just simply a, well, I think he's he's just simply another crook. But at least he's not a pussy. You know, Jeb Bush, I mean, shoot, probably in Republican hearts here, there, you know, I mean, I, I bet there's a bunch of Republican county chairmen who, you know, when they were talking, when old Mitt was talking about running a third time, their, you know, their their guts, their little, their little, you know, large or small intestine here, just was ready to pop out of their belly, sort of like alien here, pop out, and you know, their guts were going to go ahead and migrate, you know, crawl to Washington here, you know, their own guts were going to crawl to Washington and strangle the head of the Republican, you know, party administration, this sort of greasy-looking Jew wop. And tell him, not men's again. Well, guess what? Guess what? Not jab again. How many cucks do we need? All these cucks, cuck, 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 conservatives, cuck tunes. In the case of Rand Paul, cuck beaners. In the case of Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. You may have a nigger or two. Oh, what a wonderful Uncle Tom. Oh, he's so nice. You know, well, we, we need to go ahead and show the Americans. We need to go ahead and let some stupid niggers, you know, some stupid niggers here for what? Oh, the next, you know, let me see. We had, you know, we had 2008, 2012. Well, we need a stupid nigger in what? 2000? We're smart nigger. Oh, he's really smart. Let's go ahead and elect him. Well, hey, we need a nigger doctor. What gets me is why ain't there more white doctors? Why ain't there white doctors? Why are there dothead doctors? The Jews have created to where, guess what? There used to be white doctors who used to make house calls, who used to make, well, not be super rich, but essentially make the, the same as a any other skilled worker which with an ability for management. I mean, they used to be upper middle class. The folks, what they used to do is that they used to sit in these small towns in China. Well, hey, they would they would take a smarter peasant and they would give him the equivalent of medic training and teach him essentially how to do appendectomies and how to set bones. You know, none of this, none of this, no chink was worth here, you know, a heart-lung machine or anything like that. Well, hey, if you are a sick, ailing chink here, well, hey, maybe you need to die. What the hell do you need to separate Siamese twins who are beaners for? Why do you need to keep even white people who have cerebral palsy or a genetic disease which is going to kill them? What I can't see is, you know, saving hybrid niggers from Huntington's Korea. Korea. For Huntington's disease. They used to call Huntington's Korea. And then they figured out Korea sounded too much like, well, Gookville. 
where literally a pure blood hybrid nigger has this brain get scrambled by itself at about the age of 35 or so. I mean, hell, even Jews have enough sense to screen out for Tay Sachs. You know, my you know my people have a tendency to osteomyelitis. But hey, you know, I mean, I was looking at my sister. My sister is a healthy-looking woman who's what fifty-one years old. I want to take a picture of him and say, "Hey, look, there's a picture possible claims your name is Elizabeth." And then you have some nigger children. I wanted you to say no, 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 but you know she didn't really want to do that. So we have Kate McDonald Trump hitting a nerve in this country. Sure, he is. Here are these Republicans, especially Jeb Bush, talking about hey, how you know? Guess what? White people are going to be minority. Let's go ahead and bring in more beaners. Let's have this place look like Mexico. Ain't that a wonderful fucking idea? Let's have this place look like Somalia. You know, we we go ahead and here it is, the anus versity of Ferguson coming up. Well, hey, we need more Baltimore's. We need more Ferguson's. We need more St. Louis's. We need more Detroit's. Yeah, we really need that here. Why, that sort of shit is our strength here. I know. Nothing tells world power, world strength by having niggers burn down their own fucking nest. Their own, you know, fucking stinking nest to where nobody wants to live, including niggers. Yeah, you know, we really need to have more of that shit here. Why, our whole life is going to go, you know, our whole country is going to be saved by, you know, making sure that the Jews in their little Kazakhstan on the Jordan aren't nuked by. Iranians. And, oh, no, we need to go ahead and do away with this deal, which is the best deal we can, because guess what? And the nigger for right, you know, Obongo was right for once. If you can't whoop a country of 25 million ragheads nine times zones away, and you can't whip a country of 30 million ragheads, 12 time zones away, what makes you think you're going to whip a country of educated ragheads who are able to make the equivalent of a Pershing II missile? What, 11 or 10 time zones away? A country, what, three times the size of population of Afghanistan? And as big as Texas and California combined, of course, a lot of it is desert. Essentially, how are you going to whip a second world country here when all it boils down to is that you are going after the mouth of the Saudis against the Iranians and the Saudis, essentially, are just nothing more than just a bunch of old farts here, old senile farts. whose oil reserves are low, 
and you're not able to go ahead and make your own out of coal? Folks, does anybody really believe? I mean, there's this dude named James Howard Cubsworth. Does anybody really fucking believe that we can import at Wally World, you know, at the end of a, what, 12,000-mile supply line that we're going to be able to do happy motoring, that we're going to be able to continue, you know, with, what, corporate farming? Does anybody really believe that we're going to continue to be able to do that shit here? Does anybody really believe that we're going to maintain technical ability, you know, when we are all furnishing and buying this iDouche products? When we have electronic, every all of our electronic stuff comes from China. Does anybody really believe that's going to continue? I mean, why do we need a Keystone Pipeline? Does that mean that we need to send this Bakken oil, which essentially is not being drilled out because now oil is $50 a gallon or a barrel? And essentially, not as many wells are being drilled. Why do we really need a Keystone Pipeline to send because we're the next Saudi Arabia of oil? Does anybody really believe that stupid shit? What do we need to build a pipeline to, what, send oil to, what, China? Well, hey, they're willing to go ahead and cut a deal by Iran. You know, folks, listen to Open Gender Bender for once here. You know, don't listen to the part about me and, you know, C.I. Dennis here, even though it's a, you know, a tranny poker. Listen to Open Gender Bender, and guess what? The chinks are buying Australian farmland, and they're buying, what, a million uh, Aussie cows and sheep, sending in 5,000 chinks to butcher them out, send them out on refrigerated ships to chink land. Now, does anybody really believe that the chinks inside? You know, now, folks, I know how, I know, I know what keeps the chinks south of the Amur River where they belong, I believe the Russians have developed what I call Amur River fever. But the Russians are willing to do hard shit in order to survive. Zog Babylon isn't willing to do anything to survive. In fact, Zog Babylon wants to kill white people. He wants to destroy us. But yet it believes it can go ahead and mine what's left of white America for its own usages. I was listening to John Kasich. Everyone needs a reserve of trivial respect. Well, hey, if it has a faggot son or a faggot daughter, well, I would love them so much. Well, guess what? Kiss goodbye to having normal grandchildren. Kiss goodbye to having a Kasich after you. What the hell do you think is going to happen here if your son or daughter is marrying Especially not marrying, well, anything or another faggots, marrying Jews and niggers. How many Kasichs do you think are going to be left alive? They won't look like you. They won't be you. I'm looking at these Republican cucks, you know, with this hybrid nigger. You know, uh, what? Uh, you know, Chris Matthews. You used to be sort of smart. You used to ask these wiggers, 
How many of them were going to join the military to fight in Iraq or Afghanistan and all these Republicans? No, none of them wanted to join. I mean, you have, what, about 300 Republican Uyghurs, of which you have, what, about 150, 200 quasi-male Uyghurs, niggers and a few, you know, beaners or whatever. Only one, only one, total charge, wants to go ahead and quit college, join the Army. Looks, none of this stuff is, oh, Mr. Possum, okay, let's see here. Good night.